Today's episode of the BS Podcast and the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by ZipRecruiter. What's the difference between working hard and working smart? Well, I mean, you saw the Lakers. They worked really hard the last couple of years to create cap space. I don't know if they did it smartly, but it's going to work out for them amazingly. Other teams worked hard and worked smart during this NBA offseason. ZipRecruiter, look what they do. They're the smartest way to hire, especially for people that love to work hard. They send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with one click. It's so effective. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. How is that possible? My listeners can try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, let's talk about whole lot of the tasty new fruit, nut, and seed bar from Cliff Bar. Soft baked snack bar. All the goodness you want, like pumpkin seeds, almonds, cashews, dried cherries, or ginger. None of the stuff you don't want. That means no gluten, soy, dairy, or added sugar. Packed with 10 grams of plant-based protein. Visit cliffbar.com slash BS for 35% off a trial pack of Cliff Bar's new whole lot of bars. That's cliffbar.com slash BS. Cliff Bar with one F. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where we've been putting up podcasts because people like listening to them. So we have, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the good ones we've had lately. Oh, well, if you love The Bachelor, you should listen to Bachelor Party. If you like the NBA and you're not just satisfied with this show, you can listen to the Ringer NBA show. Hopefully J.J. Reddick will have a new podcast soon uh, on the J.J. Reddick show podcast. J.J. Reddick podcast or show? J.J. Reddick podcast. J.J. Reddick podcast. It's also a show. July 4th is coming. This is the last podcast of the week for me. I'm actually taking the next one off. I uh, only doing two this week because I think we already know what's happened with the NBA. I was prepared to do three, but we think Kawhi is going to go to the Lakers. Ryan Russell is coming up here in a second. We're going to, we're taping this podcast. It is 1030 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesday. And we're proceeding as if Kawhi will be a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. And if for some reason that doesn't happen, eh, fuck it. Who likes the Lakers? Yes. It'll be great. I hope it's a reverse jinx for you. That's all coming up first. Our friends for Pearl Jam. All right, Rosillo is here. He's draped in an American flag. The USA-England game is coming up a little bit later today, but we... Uh, we have a lot to talk about. I thought we were going to lead with KD and the Warriors because I have a lot of thoughts on that. Not a Betsy Ross flag. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, the uh, we're we're just going to proceed like Kawhi signed with the Lakers because <laughs> you think it's you think it's happening. I think it's I happening. Do, yeah. I think he's taking a little time here just for to enjoy the limelight and soak it in a little bit, and then he's going to go to the Lakers. And I think you could argue it's his best move. It's his best basketball move in Toronto. He's there for one more year. You could repeat his champs. That team could get pretty old fast. It's a hard team to keep together. You got to pay Lowry Ibaka. They would really need Siakam, I feel like, to go up a, a level. The Lakers, Which is possible, by the way. It's very yeah. possible. With the Lakers, like he knows he's playing with Davis for the next four or five years. LeBron, at least two, where you would think LeBron would be at a high level. And then whatever buyout guys and whoever else they patch it together. It's a logical move. I'm not against it. How do you feel? 
the the way I've heard different versions of of the pitch, and the thing is, is like I feel really comfortable sharing this because I've heard um, the pitch basically <clears throat> word for word from from a couple different people, but just the different elements that are part of it is that if you're talking to Kawhi and you're on the Lakers side of this, yeah. you're just saying, hey, if you're you, the best player in the league right now, and you're going to come to LA and play basketball, you're, you're going to be play, a big you, deal. You're going to play for the, the Clippers? Like, come on. Yeah. And the, the irony is that the Clippers are far more stable to me. The coach situation is, is better now um, because I think there was some concern from Kawhi Again, this whole thing with Kawhi is weird, and I think we should kind of like try to spend as much time on trying to figure all this stuff out is, but I think he was worried about Vogel's offenses from the past, so he wanted assurances there. I think he wanted some assurances from LeBron, so I think Magic told him what he wanted to hear in an informal meeting, and I think LeBron told Kawhi what he wanted to hear, and you're right that LeBron's whole point is that he wants to play with his son. That's a very real thing. It's been, it's been talked about for years. And whether or not LeBron leaves in two years or maybe this thing's rolling enough where he stays the third year, the fourth year of that Lakers contract, like whatever they've had to do, they've had to appease Kawhi's concerns. And my favorite part of the Kawhi story from the first moment that we found out he was upset in San Antonio was we always thought he was the the soldier, the spur, the perfect spur, the perfect Popovich guy. What a great guy to carry over the Duncan thing. And we were totally wrong. So whenever I hear somebody say like, well, why would Kawhi go with those two top five guys? That's not him. Why would why would you keep asking as if you know who Kawhi is? Because it's clear we've never known. We still don't know. And even though I'm with you, I feel like the Lakers are the favorite right now to this whole thing. Anytime, any piece of information that I get where it's like, well, why would Kawhi do that? Or why would he need a shirt? Just assume you don't know anything about it and move a, move along, you know, because that's, that's really what he's done. He's surprised us at so many different turns. And we should know by now not to put ourselves in the shoes of the person making the decision. Because KD just went to Brooklyn. It makes no sense to me. The more I think about it, I'm like, why Brooklyn? Why? It's a, It just feels so kind of lame. And then it's been explained to me, well, it's not just about the basketball. It's the guy who's going to take over who runs Alibaba, Alibaba and all the business opportunities there. It's Rock Nation and it's Kyrie and it's like putting an imprint on the East Coast where LeBron kind of is owning the West Coast as an NBA player who produces content. KD can be the East Coast version of that. Whatever that is, I don't I don't really know. I don't know what the ceiling is, but I can, so I, I, I mean, see but, but, By the way, real quick, can you imagine though, like, hey, it's Kevin Durant it's outside. He wants to talk about a production deal. No, tell him LeBron's <laughs> Yeah, LeBron's already here. So I got two people pitching, uh, trying to buy my documentary. KD and LeBron, they've given some notes. Yeah, uh, Look, all power to him. He wants to do what he wants to do, but they don't really have any fans. You're joining a, a team that it's, you know. New the Kyrie York, thing is the part that I understand less. And you're so. aligning with, we can talk about that in a second. The, the Kawhi thing, it's like, I don't know what motivates the guy. He's one titles on two different teams, he might just want to live in LA. It might really be that simple. It might be like, I've proven myself. People think I'm the best player in the league. Now I would like to live in Southern California. That's where I feel more comfortable. They're going to pay me a lot of money. I get to play with two good guys. I'll contend every year. This sounds great. And it's that simple. And it's always easy too after the fact, right? Because if he were to go back to Toronto, which I think we still have to like, hey, how come this is getting dragged out? You go, well, if we go by what we believe that Kawhi had told people that he was going to give Toronto the last meeting when Woj had that report at the end of the last week, and then it's all of a sudden 
okay, we're sitting there on a Monday going, oh, he's a Laker. You know, like Monday it really heated up and everybody yeah. that was like, you know, it's a Laker, it's a Laker. And I started thinking like, well, wait a minute, who's doing this? Like, is it like Magic saying this? Because Magic, like, I feel like Kawhi could show up in a Raptors hoodie to the meeting and be like, I'm not signing with you. And Magic would be like, we nailed it. <laughs> closed it, you know, because I just think that's who magic is. He's so confident, you know, and then whatever the magic version of whatever it was, because I still don't know all the details, you know, was he just telling people and then everybody kind of took off with it. And then oh all of a God. sudden we're gonna watch TV here too. Um, Sorry, I'm trying no, to turn no, it off. No, no, that's, that's good. But if you were to go to the Clippers, you'd be like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. Likes the coach better. Knows the offense will be built around him. That's fine. If he goes to the Lakers, oh, why would he go anywhere else? He can pick well, this whole thing up again. Hold that point, though. Do the Clippers make any sense other than it's a good organization? I had always thought if he went there, it was going to be with another player. Not now. I mean, he did. Now I look at the roster, it's like he, he can't go from the champion, the champs to the choice of going back to defend the title or play with LeBron and Davis or you're playing with Lou Williams and Tres Harrell and Gallinari and, and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like, that that's weird. That'd be weird. Beverly. Yeah. And I thought he was going to end up on the Clippers, but that's just a weird choice. I think to drag it out like that, you'd have to think, but again, this is us making the mistake of trying to think like him, but if he really wanted to go to the Clippers and he liked doc, he liked the front office better and he didn't care about the Lakers tradition versus being the Clippers. Cause you know, I can't imagine like if I was some great baseball player and New York wanted me and I'd be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the Mets. I'm going to go to the Mets. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I just, Ouch. I couldn't fathom doing that. Yeah. So for him, like the Clippers part of this looks so bad because he didn't do them any favors. Now, granted, the Clippers had to wait it all out and ride it all out. But now it's you, you have to think if you're running the Clippers, you go, well, why would he want to make his surrounding situation worse by not telling us in time to actually get some deals done on Sunday? Because they had a chance to. Their only option, I think, I think there's two teams that had to be a lot more proactive before July 1st. And one was the Knicks and the other was the Clippers, where... I think if the Clippers had gone all in on another star player before July 1st and done some sort of trade, or even if they had gotten Kevin Love for, you know, giving Cleveland the Miami pick and just taking Love into their cap space, whatever they had to do, at least it was somebody else. I just don't think they have enough. I'd be shocked if he went there. It's 1044 right now, uh, Tuesday. I, I just think if it's Lakers, Clippers, just looking at, especially if LeBron is saying, I've only got two years left. I'm hitting the finish line. I'm about to move into a different phase of my career. I know it. 60,000 minutes coming up. I just want to kind of, the long game for me is my son's going to be in the league, hopefully in 2023. I just kind of want to survive. This will be your team when you take over. That would resonate with me if I was Kawhi. If LeBron's really saying that stuff to him, we both think he is. Yeah, we absolutely think he is. And I don't even know if LeBron, like, I believe the part where he LeBron. Full shit, but he's right, saying it. He's absolutely saying it. And then you wonder, like, is Kawhi going to be able to figure that stuff out? Because, you know, one of my favorite LeBron things is that every time it's a new coach, every time it'd be a new surrounding set of pieces. I mean, even as dumb as that Lakers thing was last summer with the way they built out of the rest of that roster, like, yeah, but, you know, we want to play, we want LeBron to do it differently. And you're like, the fucking guy went to eight straight finals. So whatever <laughs> he's doing is probably working. So, like, how much do you really need to change it? And then, you know, basketball players, I don't think people really change. You know, maybe they do in the face of something dramatic, some life-altering thing. But for the most part, I do think we kind of are who we are. And maybe we just adapt a little bit around the edges. Basketball players are even greater examples of this. I don't think you change until physically you can no longer be the player you want to be. So if LeBron's telling Kawhi, like, we'll run your offense, you'll be the guy, it's your team, I'm going to hang back, I'm going to play a little more power for him and doing all these things, you know, come crunch time, 
it, it's going to be LeBron dissecting what the defense is doing and dribbling the ball because it's worked forever. One of my favorite yeah. lesser level ones was when Antoine Walker came back to the Celtics and he got ripped for not like getting back on defense and complaining about the refs and not doing anything. He was sprinting to get the ball in bounds and like running to get back on defense for like the first few weeks when he was back. And it was like, yes, I figured this he's, out. He's got it. Yeah. The light bulb has gone off. Yeah. I'm with you. I, if we've learned anything over the years, it's that aging superstar basketball players just double down on whatever bad habits they already had. I think it'd be really hard for LeBron to adjust. We've always, we've always imagined like this world in which, yeah, I'm going 10 years ago where it's like, all right, what's the final, final run for LeBron? What does it look like? Oh, he'll be a power forward. He'll just be Carl Malone. I've been hearing this for years. Yeah. It's never happening. He's, I think what will be really, 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 really compelling is how you take these three guys and who the other two people are that are playing basketball with them in crunch time of a playoff game. Because, yeah, I haven't heard anybody talk about this. You can't play Kuzma, Davis, LeBron, and Kawhi all together, I don't feel like. That's a pretty weird... Those are basically four forwards. You know? I... You can put Kawhi on anybody, right? You could. Don't you think, um, you know, unless you had to have him chasing around like peak Westbrook. I'm just talking about spacing where people stand. What, what, I, I, to me, if they do this Kawhi thing, it would actually make more sense to flip Kuzma for a guard or well, like a 6'4, somebody who could shoot, who has a cheap contract. I feel like Kuzma has real value. Yeah. But the problem is that because Kuzma is still so cheap. Unless they wanted to, tr I mean, they'd have to flip them from somebody who's just as cheap and younger to totally. hold off the extension. And that transaction, just off the top of my head, like that's going to be tough to pull off. I mean, think about Kuzma defensively. Like, I love his effort stuff, but defensively, when you watch it all the time, it's not that great. And it was even worse. I mean, them trying to play him at center defensively at the beginning of the year, like that was, like, who came up with that idea? I think he's pretty, put it this way, he's pretty limited as being a flexible player. I think Kawhi is one of the most flexible guys in the league who whatever is around him, he can mesh with it. LeBron used to be that way. I'm not sure he is anymore, especially defensively. Well, I think LeBron is just maintenance. Like his years, statistically, the raw numbers are so impressive to me watching him with the approach he had to the game. Yeah. Where it was, I'm going to be out here for seven minutes, but you know, don't, don't expect me to be doing a ton. And then you look up and you're like, this, this guy still had like 30 and 12. What the hell? How did that happen? <laughs> right. I mean, it really was impressive. It's not a, this isn't a knock on him. It's actually a compliment. Last year, especially. Yeah. He was just getting a 29, eight and seven. And it felt like he was barely sweating. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is Kawhi's team. If he signs, LeBron has never been in that situation ever at any point in his career. That'll be weird. That's the best three that he's ever had. Right. I think that first Miami year, Wade was pretty great that year. I know, but Although you still Kawhi's think... like an edge better than... Yeah, you're right. They, yeah. It is the best three. Because, I mean, there's no point of me who would ever say Bosh is better than Anthony Davis. I just think LeBron, LeBron in the first year of Miami was so much more kind of talented than probably this version of I LeBron, went back right? and looked at some of it. He's it, um, like one of the greatest athletes of all time. Some of that stuff and going, oh my God, like this guy existed. Like, did I not... Did I not just sit and turn off my phone enough to appreciate? And you can't ever. It's like when Jordan comes back on on an NBA TV thing and you go, I should have just not done more on the weekends and made sure that no matter what, the NBC Chicago game. But you can't, you can't appreciate it. Last two enough. calf seasons were definitely like that for him. I remember that first Miami game in Boston 
the first time Wade and LeBron ever played together and it was really sloppy and disjointed. But then they were down like 10 with two minutes left and those guys kind of flipped a switch for a second and it was the most frightening thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was it a was little like, clunky for the first month or so. It was like, oh my God, these guys, they're going to score every single time they get the ball for the rest of their lives. And, <laughs> you know, he's at a different point of his career now. He's also way smarter and he's never played with, you know, Davis's, if he can stay on the floor, which we think we can. I, I just, I, it's always... When you just throw three people together, no matter how good they are. Well, you played, you know that. We're both basketball players, right? It doesn't happen overnight. And that's why I think the other guys they put with them are so important. Like even, I saw Iguodala was mentioned and people think, oh, this would be great revenge for Iguodala. He was a Palenka guy too. Yeah. yeah. That's weird too, though, with this fit. To put Iguodala with, so that, that would be your starting five with LeBron at point guard. That's a pretty strange team. I'm not against it. I just kind of want to hear the case for it the case for it is anybody that we think is a top five rotation guy like good enough to be a starter we'll play we'll have you we'll have you because it's that so take anybody at right. this point. so when you look at how crazy sunday was in this whole thing and i get the clippers and lakers approach to the whole thing but i think you bring up some good points to the clippers that maybe this would be different if they were just more proactive before it i don't know if that's the davis trade i'm not sure that i'm with you on the kevin love thing but i do want to talk about love a little bit later there are agents that are going, you know, that whole, hey, you know, here are the five, here are the six, and we'll fill it all out with the rest of these veteran minimum guys. Yeah, they're all gone. They're gone. It is so bad. The pickings are really bad. So however this Lakers thing, if it's Kawhi and it's everybody together, and I also think I need to kind of do a little cleanup on, I think, was it the last time we talked or two weeks ago where I was like, yeah, I'm still, I needed to be convinced that that LeBron thought he had a chance with Kawhi because that was a weird dynamic after last summer when the trade didn't happen. There was some talk of whether or not Kawhi actually did want to hook up with LeBron and I think there was some side some stuff on LeBron's side where they still weren't 100% sure either and I had mentioned like I'm not sure that Kawhi but now you know now that's kind of out the window now and we'll see what ends up happening here but back to the point of just oh we'll just load it out with all these veterans like Melo's going to be on this team and, and it's going to be good for and that FYI Dwayne Wade went too I, I, I'm not ruling it out Bonus if you DVD. Said, would you bet your life Dwayne Wade no. is not on this Lakers team never no way yeah, I was so, looking. I made a whole list of free agents. Oh, and did I you? Kept, no, I just. What do we got? They, who's your highest? Who's the best bill five available? But when they signed with a team, I would just cross that person off. Everybody's gone from the first three groups except Cousins. Every single person. So then you go to the fourth group. Justin Holiday didn't sign you with anyone, right? Danny Green didn't sign with anybody. Marcus Morris didn't sign with anybody. Then fourth group. Kelly Oubre, Kali Steiner, they're both restricted. Corey Joseph signed. I guess Jeff Green's available. Wesley Matthews signed. And then all of a sudden it drops to like Tyus Jones. Like it I drops thought fast. Did. I thought there was a Tyus Jones. I can't remember if there was a call or if, um, or if they It's if Trey they Burke. You start looking at like the Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris's. those kind of guys. Or then you look at the old guys like Shumpert. Marquise Chris is actually... Like, hey, we got Marcus Chris. I know that sounds Former nuts. lottery pick. Yeah, because he was just all athlete. He was a highlight guy. But then you actually ask him to go out there. Um, There's not even a lot of old guys left. No, this Jared is Jared Dudley, Joakim is- Noah, Shumpert. Like, it's there's five guys. And I don't know. None of those guys, they still need to find a guard who can actually play in a playoff game with six minutes left so and not- can guard like Steph Curry. You don't think Caruso can do that? <laughs> Maybe he could. Could he guard? Could he guard Dame Lillard in a conference finals? Can anyone? 
Like, uh, so they, here's a good example. All right. They're playing Portland in round two. They have more talent. Portland's got Lillard and McCollum. And you're putting together a team where right now your best four guys are the four guys we mentioned, including Kuzma. And then you add like Andre Iguodala. There's still some defensive stuff that they would have to figure out. There's still going to have to be somebody that emerges that's like the Derek Fisher of this current Lakers team. And I don't know who that is. No, I don't because it's it's really slim. And then you have Golden State who's also going to be going after some of these minimum guys. Houston's going to be trying to figure out how to get some of these guys in. So instead of it just being maybe one team that knows, hey, we'll get this going. And this isn't also like you do this deal. And it's something I wanted to ask you about where every time a you GM- You do it and you figure it out. Right. Are all the GMs wrong? Because the smartest GMs, whether it's Myers with the D'Angelo Russell deal going, yeah, I know. That's fine. Like, those are my four or five guys, and then I'll figure out the rest. Although Golden State's in much better position than the Lakers are or would be with Kawhi. Um, we're not putting Plink in that group, but if if Daryl was trying to get Jimmy Butler and was like, I'll figure out the rest of it, you know, if, if Miami going back to Pat Riley's like, don't worry about it, we'll figure out the rest of it. Like, don't you think we should just as- assume or just understand, accept that, this game really is about who are those three guys, who are then the five guys. I may not even play seven in the playoffs, and everybody can just shut up and like stop worrying about who eight, nine, and ten are. Stop the problem though it. is the league is just smarter overall. I think with some glaring exceptions like the Knicks, and those it's become harder and harder to kind of stumble into those role guys. I think. I think you look at like the Celtics in 08 when. They were able to pull off Posey and they had house. They were able to get PJ, PJ Brown at the yeah. deadline. That stuff's harder to do now. Like the the Warriors tried to do that last year and couldn't find the guys, you know? And it ended up being Looney was somebody they drafted. But for the most part, they tried to patch it together with the Jarebko types. And those guys, I hate admitting defeat on Jarebko, but it's harder to find those dudes. Toronto was basically playing seven in the finals. So the, the Lakers need to find their four. I guess the big thing for me is, I got to admit, I was wrong about the Davis trade. I thought they completely overpaid, but it's going to end up in Kawhi, and it was worth it. Kudos to them. I you, see. I still thought it was worth it because you ended up with Anthony Davis, even though, yeah, I would agree that there had to be a point where you go, when, when are you going to hang up, Planka? When are you going to hang up? And I, they say, completely I overpaid, but they also must have had a real reason to completely overpay because they're just looking at the end game of, look, we have to get Davis because then we can get Kawhi and who cares about all these picks? But think about, three guys. think about the hindsight game though, like we just did with Kawhi, right? Like if you were to go to the Clippers, you'd be like, oh, hey, love Doc. If he goes to the Lakers, like who are you kidding? You're going to go to the Lakers if you're Kawhi Leonard. If he stays in Toronto, be like, he just won there. He likes it. It's Kawhi. He's peaceful. Yeah. Like look how much fun he had in the back. What a do, baby. Like he loves his teammates. And and you brought up a really good point too. Like when you watch the teammates talk about him or even kind of interact with him, he's still like a mythological creature to those guys. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Like it's after character. you said it, like I'm paying more attention to it. Like Lowry looks at him like Lowry's a 14 year old at, at the, the Derek Coleman camp. Like, whoa, like what's going on here? I don't know if he likes Derek Coleman or not. Right. But um, it was a little like how the Warriors regarded KD, but in the KD had maybe a little bit of a darker element where they just couldn't figure him out. He was an enigma. Right. But Draymond was never going to look at another human being with awe. You know, Draymond's no. like, the no, Kawhi dude. thing, he's an enigma, but they're also like kind of in awe of him. Yeah. With Durant, he was just more of an enigma. And they knew how incredibly talented he was. But I think, you know, I stuff will come out, I think, during the summer about he was a really frustrating guy to play with. With Durant. Just off the, I think yeah. he, 
I think the people who are just up and down personality wise and for lack of a better word, moody, but they're the best player in the league or one of the best players in the league and they're coming into work and they're just in a funk and you don't know what's wrong. It's difficult. It's, but some of that stuff was happening last year. Like I had heard it, it started going last up year. to, hey, I don't know about this team. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And, and then that Houston thing, if it had gone the other way, all the stuff that would have been written about that Golden State Warriors team is like, this is dysfunctional. It's a dysfunctional group. They're not getting along. The thing's falling apart quicker than before. And as much as I love Jeff Van Gundy, I could never understand during the broadcast where he'd say like, they're going to they're gonna win seven titles in a row. And you're like, sports just don't work that way, especially with basketball. Because it's no. so easy in basketball to go, you know what, I want to try something else. Before I go too far down the road though, I want to just follow up on the Lakers thing yeah. that, it, that you end up saying like, hey, but the hindsight game with this is really easy. Because look at the Knicks. When they made the Porzingis trade, it's, oh, they know. Well, I guess they didn't. When the Nets made the cap space trade moving crab and the picks to atlanta and their theory was like we were worried that all the cap space was going to drive like people are going to use cap space and atlanta was a team that maybe wasn't so we want to make that trade earlier so did they know well we can say they absolutely knew they were getting both guys they, because they got that i actually think they knew okay but then you go and look at the clippers and it's like they know they know they're going to get one maybe two they were hoping but you see what i'm saying like whatever the ultimate result ends up being we talk ourselves into this team knew this team didn't this team but i didn't. think there's two separate versions of that one is we think we know we think we have an awesome chance we're going all in the other is like we fucking know i think 2014 when the celtics ended up with that three-team trade because cleveland had to clear cap and i think they sent tyler zeller to the celtics with a pick somebody else went somewhere that pick ended up being used in the Isaiah Thomas trade, but it was basically the Cavs needed to clear six, seven million out of nowhere and were desperate to do it. They were desperate to do it because they knew they were getting LeBron. That's to me is different than the Knicks trading Porzingis, throwing Lee and Hardaway in there and keeping their fingers crossed, basically. You know, I, I think the one thing we've learned this decade, you can clear cap if you really need to, and you could do it in 24 hours. The Warriors just did it with Iguodala. Iguodala wasn't getting shopped for the last four weeks. And it was a 24-hour stretch where they were like, shit, this is cratering on us. We got to do something. And Joe Lacob's losing his mind. And they end up, here, take Iguodala. We'll give you draft picks and then sign and trade. That happened in 24 hours. You don't need to clear cap in February, in my opinion. Windhorse did have an interesting nugget, though, on his like what the Warriors are going to do thing where he had mentioned a sign and trade, but he didn't mention who it was. And that was days before it happened so even though i was kind of surprised but then that was another one of those once i see the answers on the test i go oh okay because the d'angelo russell thing is is brilliant it's it's what the best gms do where they go okay what's the situation we have all right it's nearly impossible we're capped out even losing somebody like duran where is he going well wait a minute i mean they lucked out in the sense that brooklyn was ready to punt on their 23 year old all-star and d'angelo who i'm still like i'd like to have seen two seasons of it from him but to know that, yeah, okay, we don't know that he's worth that money, but who cares? And I don't even think he's a basketball. He's not even close to a basketball fit for what they do. But now you can help him. You're not going to wear Curry's ass out. You know, you can put him when Clay comes back, you can put him with the second unit instead of always splitting up Clay and Steph because you're going to have to figure that out again. He's 38 quality minutes a game. Yeah. And they had no other way to do that. And they can honestly let him go be himself if they want to get reaction, away from reaction because that happened Sunday night. We had to re-record Top of the Pod. I was just like, what an amazing 
what an amazing save. Like I felt like Iguodala was on his last legs as a quality basketball player, whether he can, you know, pull one or two more years playing 15 minutes a game, maybe, but they, you know, he's, he's, he's really banged up at this point. He's played a lot of minutes. He felt like he was hurt every other playoff game for the, the last two years. Yeah. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. And there was no real reason for the Nets to help them. That was the part that shocked me. I, I guess I would really weigh the competitive part of this if I ran a basketball team where if you're the Nets and you're the Warriors are on your radar for, especially for a year from now, because the Nets can't win the title this year, but next year they could, or the 2020-21 season, the Warriors are one of the teams they have to go through. It's like, do I want to give them D'Angelo Russell for, they have no other way of getting him? Am I better off with him just going to Minnesota? Then I don't have to worry about competing against them because I feel like the Warriors a year from now when Clay comes back they'll probably do we both agree they'll probably Russell is not long for the Warriors I feel like no to me that's He's all a hey, trade asset hey, we have a we have a really young guy at yeah big number but it's that was all about asset protection that's they trade all, that's, him that's what these guys do more than anything they trade him in December or January to Minnesota for Robert Covington and Wiggins. two first round Imagine picks. Imagine Wiggins unleashed in that <laughs> warrior system. They're like, we can figure out how to save Wiggins. But I do feel like he's not probably not long for the Warriors. How unless, quickly would Draymond fight Wiggins? Week one or two? I think it would be a lot of <laughs> manhood challenging. <laughs> but they have, I don't know, a four-month look at, at Russell. They get to check under the hood, get to drive the car around a little bit, see if they like it. It might take. They might be like, wow, what a great fit this guy is. We were hoping, but this is awesome. We're keeping him. Or they might say, eh, hey, Minnesota, what do you think? Or Phoenix or whoever. It's it's perfect because you wanted to spend the money. And we can talk all the new chase and the, all this money. That's not, that's not even the point. The point was, how do we have an asset that's 23 versus not? Because if we don't do this deal now, we can't we can't plug him in. There's no there's no other thing we're going to be able to add this kind of guy without trading with the other three pieces. So we just added this fourth guy. Yes, it's not Durant. And then the Brooklyn part of it's it's kind of lofty. But why wouldn't you want to think that way? That you know, did we just help out a competitor that we could have to see down the You're road? You're getting a future number one five years from now. I guess that's a trade asset. But we're leaving out a part of this, the agent part of this, where it would amaze and not you, but. How many times over the years where I'm like, well, why would you do something like that? And be like, you know, you always want to keep that relationship with the agent good. And you go, what? Like, I think I, that's horseshit. You think it's, see, it's not all horseshit. It I just so. feel like the agents are always going to do what's best for their guy. But if we think back to all the lead up and the tampering stuff doesn't bother me at all. Like people complain about tampering all the time. Like just, just, can we, can we roll some B-roll of the guy who just signed? Like who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> I think this is where some of that comes into play though. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're totally right. I think but, it's horseshit. So why would all these really smart guys always figure out a way? Like, are they just being conned for decades here, and they're idiots for ever doing anything to help yes. out an agent? Yes. See, I, don't, I don't think it's. An, I don't think it's as absolute. I think Brooklyn as you're looked it at it like we can get a free number one pick to do this. Let's do it. We 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 have Durant. We have Kyrie. We have all these young guys. Now here's one more asset that if we want to trade for a third star, we can use. I remember a team who wanted. Andre Blatch, fool. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't believe he was still on the board. Yeah, how could you? And I think he, did he go 50th? Yeah. Kyle, can we get IT on that? No, he, yeah, he was in the 40s, 50s. Yeah, and the team wanted him, but they had promised somebody else. 
and they called the agent and said, Hey, we, we didn't think this was going to happen. We'll, we'll, we guarantee we'll bring your guy in, you know, on a, on a deal. It wasn't two way back then, but we'll do a deal and we'll guarantee the first year of it. And the agent's like, absolutely not. You promised. And they were like, yeah, but this guy's going to get drafted. We want him and we're still going to bring your guy in. You're going to get the same deal as you were going to get if you went there. He's like, I can't tell my guy that he's not getting drafted. And so the team was like, so we just drafted the guy that we promised. And I was like, why would you do that? It's Andre Blatch. Are you kidding me? And um, they're like, you have to make sure you don't, you don't burn the agent there. And I'm like, Simmons that, wouldn't have done that. No, that's a different one because you gave your word on something and then you reneged on it. Yeah. But it's just, there's all these times like when people go, why promise? Why would you do this? Who cares? Yeah, the promise part I never got. Let's, uh, let's take a break because we have so much shit to cover. Hold on. Let's take a break. Talk about Helix. You're special. You're special, unique people. This summer, let's get you special mattresses made just for you and your unique needs. Other mattress companies. Yeah, you've heard them. They say they work for everybody. That's not possible. They'll say they're soft and firm at the same time. That's not possible. Helix Sleep, the only mattress company that gives you a quiz that takes just minutes to complete. Two minutes, exactly. Matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. You a side sleeper, Kyle? What are oh, you? I'm 100% a side sleeper. I think I'll die if I sleep on my back. I'm a face down sleeper. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's probably bad for my back Rare and my breed. neck. Look, everybody's different. At Helix, there's no more confusion and no more compromising on an average mattress. Helix Sleep even awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2018 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Go to helixsleep.com slash BS. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life, guaranteed. 10-year warranty. Try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Fourth of July sale. Helix. $200 off, two free pillows with all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash BS. Don't miss this July 4th sale, helixsleep.com slash BS, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash BS. So Blatch was uh, pick 49, by the way. Uh, on the Lakers, just going back really quick, there was some guy from Reddit who then was on Twitter named RD Ambition, and he's been like breaking news. And the, there was some person on Lakers Reddit. And I swore off NBA Reddit a year and a half ago. Why? What, get, what brought you to that point? This I, is actually fascinating. Consensus of opinion. Groupthink. Just just was out. I've never been on a Reddit yeah, message. You're not missing much. So I feel like I have. RD Ambition was this guy in the Lakers thing who clearly had inside information. And it was so detailed and so specific and so meaty that it was almost like nobody could make this up. I think I mailed that to you a few weeks ago. Um, but I don't even know if it's the same guy, but there's this guy on Twitter and he's like, Kawhi's done. Kawhi's called the Clippers and told them he's out of it. This very specific- That was before the dinner. It was before the dinner. <laughs> this very specific stuff. And it's this new era of social media where these people, and you don't know if they're full of shit or not, but you kind of have to take them seriously. Meanwhile, it's some dude, RD Ambition, he had nine tweets. And I'm like- is this real? Could this be a real thing? Because you sent that what to me. What is happening? I've already seen it. it. And, you know, I've, I've just seen enough now where somebody like that out of nowhere has been right. Yeah. And so it makes you, like, that shit used to be so easy to write off. Like, totally just, I remember different stuff being sent to me from, like, the real GM. Remember all the real GM message boards and that kind of stuff? And, like, I would read some stuff and be like, what is this? This is insanity, right? 
And then a couple guys start getting stuff right, and it's so specific. And you're like, is this just a board team employee? Is Colangelo back? Like, what's going on here? Colangelo. But then when Mrs. you Mrs. Colangelo's back. So, so when that was sent to me, I, I go, okay, how does he have nine tweets? And he's got 30,000 followers. Is he deleting other tweets? Is he deleting all the shit he gets wrong? Or is it just that it's so right that he can't keep it out there? I, but it and is different. It is different to take it, it seriously. Yeah. How do, how do they not even catch the guy? How do they Jim allow Buss? it? What if it is like Jimmy Buss? Who is it not? Let's make a list. <laughs> Let's go backwards. <laughs> I think it's such a strange time, though, when everybody has to be taken seriously. And, you know, this is, I, I did a podcast with Brian Curtis a couple weeks ago where we talked about all the ways NBA coverage in the media has changed this decade. And the biggest thing is just being prisoners with your phone or your iPad or whatever, the moment shit starts going down. I went, we were in Boston on Sunday and my family was out and I was basically just trapped with my iPad, just redoing Twitter and checking Slack for four straight hours until I did the house podcast. And I had the jump on in the background, although I had to mute it because they kept doing that uh that steam sound you didn't like you didn't no like i didn't steam. like it. i didn't like that at all i didn't <laughs> you like and being I talked, jolted by a loud sound you and i talked for a while i did the same thing like i don't smoke and i sat there for seven hours and i was taking some calls and then certain guys i knew just texting didn't, yeah and i knew i can always tell if it's people that i don't always talk to that are reaching out to me i was like this Kawhi thing nobody has a fucking clue on like, yeah, if yeah this yeah, guy if this guy just called hearing? me to ask <laughs> rosillo at home in manhattan beach like hey you anything on that Kawhi thing you i'm talk like to nephew kyle about it does he have any Kawhi info <laughs> yeah i remember just like i got off the phone with you and i go i don't even want to do anything like there was there was formula one on after the jump and it was just on for an hour. And I was just staring blankly at like what just happened. And then it kept going. So, I also don't believe half the shit. Like during that whole four hour, just crazy, whatever it was. Then there was that report from Ramona and Woj about the Knicks were never going to offer in the max. I just don't believe it. They can say that. We'd have no way to disprove it. I just don't believe it. I don't think it's true. I think they were probably like, maybe they wanted Kyrie and KD. Maybe they just, they were worried about doing KD by himself. Maybe they want to see the medicals. But I can't believe they would be stupid enough not to offer him the max. That's insane to me. What's that, your alternative? Yeah, that was a tough one because you you know that means someone told Woj Ramona that, okay? So that part of it, like, you know, they're, they're right. And then it was like, sense. no, no, we knew that before we, before he, and, and it was like, well, then why didn't, it why felt didn't it a come little out bit then? like, cause I felt like James Dolan was like, all right, enough of this. Yeah. Like, let's get a, let's get a couple paragraphs out there and let's go. And then they re-released it. That's it what happened. It of, didn't feel like that. That's what happened. James Dolan's like, fuck this. You tell them we didn't offer him the max. We weren't gonna use an emoji. <laughs> Use I a just, crutch poop emoji. I just had to cancel end. a studio <laughs> session with my band. This is fucking bullshit. Just fucking tell them we work it over for the max. We were going to do Neil Young decades, start to finish. <laughs> Ask Phil. James, while I have you on the phone, we're going to give $52 million this year to five tenth men. Can you sign off? Great. Get me more power forwards. Great. Bobby Portis showed a lot in those last four weeks of Wizards games when they were playing well, for nothing. Well, you know what sucks, though, is the Julius Randle thing's actually perfect for them. He's it was perfect. A great pick. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, the Persingas thing, digging around on that, I think they felt like they had to get that dude out of New York City. It seems and, like it. And, you know, that's the part where I love Persingas, but I'm, 
I still didn't understand the trade, and now it looks even worse because they didn't get anybody in there. I think they wanted to get him out of New York City. I think they wanted to get his brother out of New York a, City. I think that was a bad marriage. Right. So um, with that they, said, they didn't want to repair it is the point. With that said, because listen, the Knicks fans, the ones who don't completely hate the team and aren't just like, we're completely fucked with, there's no daylight ever. The ones who were like, well, actually, those fans, this is indefensible. They stretched Joakim Noah to get cap space. They threw Lee and Hardaway in that Porzingis trade to get cap space. It was all because they thought they were getting free agents. He said, in March, we're getting people. People want to play for us. The Noah thing, ironically, they're talking about summer 2021 now. They're going to be paying Noah. He's going to count for $6 million that year. If that was your plan all along, then just I, – I, I just think they're you said the dumbest something, team. You they said, are so fucking stupid. See, I don't think that – the front office is as bad as everybody's trying to make it out to be. Okay. So we may go to war here right now. Let's do it. Do you really think that there are that many examples of absorbing big contracts and taking like Alan Crabb to the Atlanta Hawks? Is that, is that really such a common transaction? We just had Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless. Like, so you would have just not signed anybody and because right. they did I'm, all short deals I'm offer on you these Dore guys. or Dorby? Dore, Reggie, Reggie Bullock for $10 million this year. Dorby, Mo Harkless, and a number one pick for Miami. Which one would you rather have? Mo Harkless. He's a better player. And too. a number one pick. Right. My whole thing is I just don't think there's that many of those. But examples. nobody has cap space. You actually are in a position where you're the guy in the fantasy league, if you play this correctly, where everybody has eight bucks left and you have 80, but they're still like, you know, some shit that might go down there in the draft and you could just overpower people. I think OKC is going to panic with this luxury tax thing. You know, you have the ability to basically hold them over a barrel to take Adams or Schroeder or Roberson, whatever you have to do to help them get under the tax. They're not going to pay a repeater. You have that. You have Miami. If Miami now is like, we have Butler. All right, now we have to get, if we can get somebody to take Goran Dragic, and James Johnson. Now we clear the space and we can do this. But some of those contracts suck. Like I wouldn't even want to take the two first to go with Adam's contract. But but they've made it clear. We're we're willing to throw in the next two years because we want to be clear for the summer of 2021 when all these phrases are coming. So they they're not trying to win a title. So what do they care what the contracts are? I would take whoever had two years left and be like, we're here for you. Whoever it is, we don't care. All I would care about is Randall and RJ Barrett. And it's like, I don't care who else is on the team. I don't care how many games we win, but let's try to get as many assets as possible. What's ironic is Brooklyn showed them the blueprint for this. This is what Brooklyn did. Like they traded Bogdanovich. They got the Jared Allen pick. They got Russell in that trade. Like this is how you do it. This is how you rebuild a team. I The, the thought of like, they're going to be able to trade these dudes for real value is laughable to me. Who got traded for a number one pick last year who was a role player? Meritich went for two seconds or three seconds. Who got who went for first? That part I agree with you on because there's no market like, for those right. guys. Like if you look at the prices, then you go, well, wait a minute. Like who's who's offering you for Bobby Portis later? He's on three teams now, and he um, makes you're off of Kevin Knox already. Ten million a year. You're off of Kevin Knox. <laughs> He's like twenty. I would have rather played him. I I don't know. I I just think uh, it's just really weird how some of this stuff gets perceived when it's anything. People want to think that it's anything other than just abject incompetence. And it's abject incompetence. This was terrible. They spent 
two years building toward this moment and didn't get anybody and then signed a bunch of 10th men. So you would have- It's a disaster. Like at the point where they're not getting anybody, okay? And who are they going to get? They were going to get Durant. And once Kyrie said, I want to go to Brooklyn, I guess Durant wanted to go there more too. I mean, can you help us understand that one? Because I think you would know that better than everybody. Like what happened there? Was it Kyrie wanted to go there first? Because if I have to read another article how Kyrie's going to his hometown Nets, like that's what was he doing? Checking the standings? I think the Atlantic's so deep. You know, I think the Knicks were in the heavy lead. And I think the Nets very shrewdly from the moment they could start talking to people and talking to in-betweens and intermediaries, they had a really carefully executed awesome plan with Rock Nation, Alibaba, and all these New York business people and entertainment people and just the totality of this, like, hey, this isn't just about basketball. You will be able to accomplish all these other goals you have. Is this the pitch now? Like, is this? For, I really I think there's teams, honestly think it is. You think there's teams listening to you talk about this? Because like, I'm sitting here now, like interviewing you because I'm interested in this going like, if you're not doing the tech production company, here are the influential leaders, like everybody, like it's not cool to just be a basketball player anymore. So if you can come with us to Sun Valley and sit at these conferences like that, does every team need to be including that in their pitch to a tier I one I mean, I guy? think every smart team does. I'll tell you this, the Knicks don't do any of it. And James Dolan's attitude is basically like, we're the Knicks, you get to play an MSG. Kevin, John Ben Beesbrook. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Harvey Arden wrote an interesting piece today about why is Dolan a good owner for the Rangers, but a terrible owner for the Knicks? It's because basketball players are completely different than hockey players. Hockey players are like, they just want to play hockey. If they get to the playoffs, they'll play with a broken jaw or a broken hip or a broken wrist. They don't care. All they care about is Stanley Cup and just hanging out with their teammates. And basketball players are looking at basketball as like this way station to do all these other things they want to do. Dolan doesn't see that. I also think it's not just Dolan gets the hockey thing better. I just think hockey's easier. I, I oh, don't. Hockey's much it, easier. Everyone gets traded in that league. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, hey, this is one of the best players in the league. Yeah, we've had him two years. Let's trade him. Right. They just do. Like everybody's. I almost feel like the hockey rebuild is the story that hasn't been written about enough. <laughs> that you could just because nobody would read it. <laughs> oh, that's not. Yeah, it's forty thousand people. That have you seen the hockey. depth for forwards the Panthers have brought in? amazing but I look at what the Nets did and I think all these teams now know they have to woo the guy behind the guy so if you're going for KD you're not really going for KD you're going with Rich Kleiman Rich Kleiman diehard Knicks fan love the Knicks completely understands the Knicks this is why I thought KD was going to the Knicks forever I knew he was going to New York I knew it I just thought it was going to be for the Knicks and especially with Kleiman, who's a Knicks fan. This would be like if there's a second team in Boston and you're my you're my guy, you're my KD, and I'm Rich Kleiman. I like that. And I have the power to convince you to go to my beloved Boston Celtics. And instead, I'm like, here's where we're going. Worcester. Worcester's 49% owned by the guy from Alibaba. Uh, it's up-and-coming community. <laughs> <laughs> we got Rock Nation owns a piece of the Worcester Centrum. Corey Lockbaum's We're doing here. it. Yeah, He's Holy Cross. All your It'll be great. And I just talk you into it. I, I think it's crazy that the Knicks didn't get these guys. It's crazy. It's insane. The Nets got Katie and Kyrie over the Knicks. It's insane. Andrew Sharp, your guy, now with SI. Yeah. Did you read his piece? 
on all the grades. I not to put you on the spot. I but didn't. I didn't was, see it. He's the first guy that was like, I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> permission to zag, <laughs> but because if you look at the KD Kyrie pairing, do we know? And I'm like, okay, well, what is what is do we know? I mean, you shouldn't be sitting there and be like, that's probably two championships, right? Like, it's more likely to be zero. And it's not just the KD injury, but Kyrie's had like two significant knee injuries. And on top of all that, you still do what the Nets just did. Because if you don't do what the Nets did and you have that cap space, then you start either piecing around like the Knicks do, which nobody's excited about. So I'm not sitting here trying to tell you this roster is amazing. I'm just saying like it felt like they were going, we needed to salvage some whatever short-term plan we have here. I don't know that there were going to be a bunch of contracts absorbed. You might be right. It's just saying, well, what's the point? You could just write a check to everybody at the end of the year if you don't want to add up to the 90% of the cap floor. But um, when I... Nobody when I, ever thinks to do that. Nobody ever wants to do I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you didn't interrupt me there because you're, you're right to throw it in. Like I remember... I, there's always this desperation with these teams. Like, well, we we got to spend on somebody. It's like, no, you actually don't. You can just write you a check. Do, you could, worst case scenario, <laughs> you just write a check for whatever you're under, but you can sit there until June and take contracts from people. So two different teams. I love this story because it's never really talked about that much. Is Portland had Chris Kamen, I think, at one point, And he yeah. was telling everyone in the locker room, like, hopefully they don't make a trade for anybody because we're all going to get like 3 million bucks at the end of the year. Right. Because they got to get to 90% of the cap floor. And then they traded for somebody and all the teams, the team was like fucking pissed. <laughs> I think it was Cayman. And then Philly, <laughs> Hinky had that year where you're like, where, when I is think he? they did it though. They did. They traded for JaVale McGee and there oh. was still a little leftover, but like they brought in McGee for, I think a first and then waived him. And it cost like the rest of the team, like 30, I may be exaggerating like 30 million, but like maybe 20 million in salaries that they were going to have to just bump guys. Like guys that were making $400,000 a year were going to get a couple million bucks because the Sixers weren't even close. And then Hinky just did it for the whole thing. So you'd have like a locker room of guys freaking out about a late trade being like, let's not get any cap filler here because we're all going to get a check at the end of the year. But it is, it's an underutilized because it's almost never utilized. You Wait can just say, hey, I'm going to give everyone a raise, right? We got, we got derailed because the KD Kyrie thing is I think a really important piece of this. House and I talked about it a little on Sunday night, and I don't want it to sound like sour grapes because Kyrie was in the Celtics. Well, no one I'm just believes this us. Logically. I don't care. I don't. But I think it made the risk made more sense for the Knicks than the Nets because I think the Nets were actually headed toward whatever was going on with them was really cool anyway. And if they had just re-signed Russell and added one more veteran, they're still on the up and up with all the stuff they have. This was actually riskier for them to do this this way. I'm with you. Kyrie's had multiple knee surgeries. He's basically pushed his way out of two teams now. I think he's a really strange guy to lead your team. He's been erratic. He just has. What are the and chances then, he sabotages this all in this year without KD? Well, and KD's like, oh my God. But that's the other thing. It's it's There's no KD this year, so it's really just the Kyrie show. We've already seen how that's gone. Not to mention the whole KD coming back from the Achilles thing. I think the risk made a lot more sense for the Knicks, but a couple of people have mentioned this to me and I, and I can't, couldn't get it out of my head. And I hope it doesn't turn out this way because, and I think you're the same way as I am. I just want good basketball. Like I want everybody, I want as many awesome basketball teams as possible. I want everybody to be healthy. Like even KD and Clay going down in the finals is just such a bummer because we lost like two of the 30 guys that I liked watching. Um, but I do think it's possible this plays out like the Orlando thing. Grant with, Hill and, and T-Mac, where they signed Grant Hill and he was hurt 
and they thought he was going to be fine. And there was all this excitement about it. And it just didn't translate to anything. And they couldn't keep Grand Hill in the thing. This Duran injury is really dangerous. We'll see if he can come back 90, 95% of what he is. But Kyrie has also been really banged up. And you just don't know. It's a risk. I think it was a risk worth taking, but maybe the Brooklyn had to think about it more than the Knicks did. If you're the Knicks, you just have to do it. You're a joke for 20 years. This is the one chance to not have people talk about when you're, what a joke you are. Yeah, because that's why, back to the original point on the KD thing, I'm not sure the two really good reporters had that nugget about not doing the max. I don't know if I believe that they would have done the max because as much as you could sit here and, and we're doing this right now where it's like, what is Kyrie really? Especially year. Like this right now for one year is Boston with a worse roster around him. That's what this first year of Brooklyn is. And a worse coach. And so now you look at those two injuries and it's not just this injury with KD. It's the other leg injury that he had in the Wizards game where okay. he thought like he was going to be done for the year. Like at no. one point he thought he was done, done. That's What about his broken foot that's been operated on three times? So and this a foot plate thing that I've heard about going back to when he was a free agent, when it was the Hamptons thing, I had heard he's this foot is a massive problem. Massive problem. But I never, like, how many times do you hear about some guy that has some crazy injury and you're told, oh, man, like, he got flagged. Our guys won't even clear him. And then the guy ends up playing, like, another six years and we never hear about that injury again. Like, that's definitely happened enough but here's, that but I don't know what to do is, when I get these injury rumors. Yeah, but here's the thing. This is what we know for sure. Both of these guys have had these injuries. And if we've learned anything over the last however many years, it's the fucking injuries add up. And I think Blake Griffin's a good example. Blake Griffin has been operated on like seven times. At some point, that becomes too many times. We saw him, he couldn't even make it through an 82-game season last year and he broke down. I think it's a concern. I, you know, I don't think... A team with Blake should be like, hey, January 1 is when we start. <laughs> like a 50-game yeah. season. Yeah. There's another lockout. We'll see in January. But I think it's I think it's a legitimate concern. I have a KD thing. Let's take a break because I, I wanted to mention this one KD thing that I think has not gotten enough attention. Hey, doesn't it feel like most phone plans just weren't made with us in mind? You know, us human beings. Between bad coverage, paying too much for data you don't actually use, crazy roaming charges, come on. Googlefy is a phone plan by Google made with features that people like you and I actually want. Features like free international roaming, so you never have to worry about calling up your provider to let them know you'll be traveling. One of my all-time pet peeves, by the way. And three networks in one, so you can stay connected wherever you are from your home to your office and everywhere in between. Google Fi works on your favorite smartphones, so you don't have to switch phones just to switch plans. In fact, it's just as easy as downloading the app. You only have to pay for the data you use, plus with bill protection, not me, bill, I mean the phone bill, not Bill Simmons, plus with bill protection, if you ever do use a lot of data, your bill is capped at a reasonable amount. Learn more at fi.google.com. That is fi.google.com. Switch to Googlefy, a phone plan by Google. So I was thinking a lot about KD's Warriors tenure and some of the stuff that had been written about, which anybody who listens to this podcast all the time knows We've been discussing this stuff. I've discussed it with you, with House, with a whole bunch of people, really for the last year and a half. I have a pretty good feel for KD. I don't know him that well, but reading between the lines, I did six podcasts with him. We probably did 10 hours of podcasts, talking to him back and forth. And I've said this on the pod multiple times. 
And I believed it with all my heart. And it was why I thought he was going to leave after this year. I think it all goes back to that first title and they win. And he feels like all the shit he took from OKC leaving, jumping to the 73 win Warriors. He won the title. He beat LeBron in a playoff series. He outplayed LeBron in a playoff series. Everybody's going to shut up now. That was the feeling I got when I did the podcast with them right after they won. It was still the feeling I got mid-July when we did another podcast. Although I could feel like he was a little pissed off that people were still like, yeah, you won, but you only won because you jumped to the Warriors. And it was kind of like, what else do I have to do? I just beat LeBron in a playoff series. I think the most important moment for all of this was the first championship when they got the rings. So we're talking late October, 2017. KD was the best player on that finals team. He outplayed LeBron, he won the finals MVP and arguably was the best player in the league. It was, he was either 1A or 1B. And they had that championships, the rings thing, and he was just another guy. And then Curry was the last guy. Curry gave the speech. It was just clearly the Warriors were really desperate to prove that it was Curry's team. And I don't think this was ever the same since that night. It's my theory. Remember though, when the theory was presented, when KD was the first guy brought over to like the chase unveiling and Curry wasn't there. Like I think um, Ethan Strauss wrote about that for The Athletic. That they were trying to, that trying it, to. It, it was trying like this almost. Trying to make up for it. Right. And then it was, it was kind of like the underlying, like, will Curry be upset? I remember that story. And I'm because going, Curry wasn't going to be upset because A, Curry doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care about it. And stuff. B, it's his team and it's his city. And that was, I went so to. So what did Durant think though? Like I, I tried to do this thing where I go, if he wants to get out of OKC, which is obviously a big motivating factor in this whole thing. And the first time I'd heard about the KD thing and I was like, oh my gosh, like they're going to actually maybe pull this thing off. Right? Yeah. I'd heard it back in January of that year. And because I like KD. I did too. And I love his game. And I don't ever feel like, you know, some of it's getting older and some of it's having to deal with your own stuff of like, oh, this again today. But I felt more... Um, connected or sympathetic to him when he went through the burner account stuff and all the bullshit because yeah. I would go, you know what? Like, and I don't like when people say like, I like flawed people. I'm like, well, that's bullshit because like somebody said that to me once and I was like, well, fuck you. Sounds like, insulting. Yeah, like what are you talking FYI, about? FYI, everybody's flawed. Yeah, right. Everybody's got their stuff. Like, what are you What are you talking about? And so when the KD state stuff comes out, it, it sounds like bullshit to say, oh, I like imperfect people or all these things. I'm like, no, no, no. I just like that I think I know him. I just like that I go, okay, this shit bugs you, man. And it shouldn't, but like, who am I to tell you be less bothered by it? Because you're right. Like he, he didn't get it. He didn't get it from a sense of like, Hey, what happens? Like the rules are you win your championship and everything goes away. Like Kawhi, what he just did and bailing. And I think he bailed on San Antonio. We've been over this a million times, but nobody brought nobody that up cares. after one. Yeah. Nobody cares. It's like, you know what? What, a, you know, this guy. Get funny shirt. Fucking coward. He backstabbed San Antonio. Nobody no, said that. Nobody's saying any of that. You're, it's unpopular for you if you were on a TV show to bring that up. Like you'd be the guy that didn't get it because you'd still be hanging on to this Kawhi stuff. So, so Durant, Durant just miscalculated. Like I'm, I'm surprised he miscalculated and doesn't get it. And so therefore maybe, you know. I don't, but I don't think he miscalculated. I think. Did you really think people were going to embrace him? No, but here's the thing. He left OKC. Because as he discussed on six podcasts I did, he, he wanted a new challenge. He wanted to live in a new city. He wanted to have new experiences. And he wanted Tech. like, 
a high end and all that stuff. But he wanted a higher level of basketball. Like he really did. It's you, fun, by the way. It's fun to play with those guys. Yeah, like he I, was like, I, and the if you go back and listen to the first pod I did, he talks for like 10 minutes about how incredible it is to play basketball with those guys. And he was really energized by it. But I think when he went to head to head with LeBron and he really got to feel for the first time, like you're answering the question, how good am I? Am I, am I good enough to win a title? Am I good enough to be the best player in the finals? Am I good enough to go head to head with LeBron and be better than him? And he answered all those three things. So now he's like, I'm the best player in the league. He really feels that way. I am the best guy in the league. And yet I'm playing for Steph Curry's team. And I think that's when it started. I don't mean to over-psychoanalyze it, but I don't think he expected that part of this. Well, then he made a mistake, okay? Because what's, I, I actually think he might have. Because every guy that goes to the Yankees never was going to outshadow or overshadow, excuse me, well, Derek Jeter. Well, it's a little like no, the A-Rod Jeter right. thing, right? No, it doesn't matter. Like, but A-Rod, A-Rod came to grips with it. And he also shit the bed in the playoffs well, so bad that yeah, it was yeah. like he had True. no choice but to accept it. Durant didn't exactly like shoot 20%. But it's 20%. clear to me, I, I say this with all bias removed, it actually would have been a better move for him to go to Boston. Knowing what we know about Durant okay, now. Okay, but would he be happy? Say, say Boston doesn't win because there's no, there's no guarantee with that at but all. But it's clear that he did want his own team. That was what all this was about. But see, this is the part where I don't have sympathy, and I mean this collectively for these guys. Yeah. Because you come in, it's apparent you're going to be a star, right? When you're one of these dudes. And it's like, okay, like this is going to happen. Like Donovan Mitchell's kind of about to enter this, right? Where I go, whoa, like that first year you're going, this might be really special. And then they win that series against the Thunder. And I'm not saying Donovan Mitchell's going to end up being Kevin Durant, but there's this fun period. The Anthony Davis period is fun in the beginning. And then it's like, wait a minute, you've been here like four years. Yeah, you've been here four years. Like how come you're not winning a little bit more? And then the guy's like, well, wait a minute. I got the extension. I've got my shoe deal. I'm the face of the franchise. But now they're starting to say on all these TV shows and people on Twitter are saying I suck and I can't care anything. It's everyone okay. else's fault. Yeah, all right. So, all right, you know, this team around me blows. The GM sucks. I need, so new, we, we I need a new bad team. trade. You know, Jarrett Jack's my best friend, <laughs> which was always the best because every team wanted him because everybody liked him. Yeah. And so then you go to the team and you go, all right, now here we go. And then that doesn't guarantee you anything anyway. But in Durant's case, like they were going to win three straight finals if those guys don't get hurt this year. And yet that still isn't enough. So then they change their minds again, being like, well, I don't want the team that's my team because everybody else sucks, but I want the team to be my team in perception. But I still also want to win because I don't want to get knocked for not winning. Like these guys, there's it's such a moving target. We make it a moving target as fans in the media, but. they change their minds all the time. Like nobody ever seems to get to that point where it's like, okay, this is the perfect amount of my team, but still enough talent, but nobody else is going to get more credit than me. And yet I still have a chance to compete for championships. That's a very, very small hole or, you know, needle to try to thread there. Well, especially if you're reading all the criticism and hearing that too, you know, like I think we've had fun doing these podcasts the last five months. If, people were constantly analyzing them and picking apart every single piece of them and pointing out all this stuff and getting you annoyed about things you didn't even know annoyed you about. It wouldn't be as much fun to do the podcast. And I do think this was... Do you still feel like it's your podcast? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, when we we won the title, I don't know why I didn't get to go last. Like, how come Simmons won an award for the Bill Simmons pod? Like, that's... Have you seen the numbers? Well, I have... I have a story... And it's been reported, but not totally. And I think it explains a lot. Okay. So you know about how Curry flew back from Shanghai, right? 
Do you know the whole story? Because I don't think it's totally out. I don't think I do the way you're looking at me right now. So I'm going to lay out. Uh, I was surprised by it. So give us this timeline. Give us the whole thing. Curry's in Shanghai. KD is deciding what he wants to do. And the Warriors still feel like they have a puncher's chance to get him. Enough that Curry is going to fly back from Shanghai to New York and he's going to land on Sunday night right after free agency starts. And he has this determined time with with Curry, with uh, KD, to just talk with him and, and kind of put a bow on everything and either, hey, man, here's how we feel about you and convince him to stay. And if he's not, if Durant's not going to stay, then they'll talk about that. I don't know how long, how long is Shanghai to New York, Kyle? It's got to be like, what, 16 hours? Yeah, good IT on that. Curry's... 14 hours and 45 minutes. Nice yeah, guess. so 15 hours. Curry's flying back. It's now late afternoon ET. Free agency is about to start. And he's going to meet Durant that night. Like about an hour before the plane lands, all of a sudden, it's KD's going to be announcing on his Instagram that night. <laughs> he's follow on the on Instagram at the boardroom, all this stuff. And he's like, what was, the fuck's going on? That was quite the graphics package, huh? <laughs> really? <laughs> I need to hire somebody for that. So he's like, what's going on? And then it gets announced he's signing with Brooklyn. Curry's plane hasn't landed yet. And he lands and he decides to be do the dignified thing and he goes to meet KD anyway to basically just say goodbye to him. But from what I've heard, um, the Warriors took that personally because by all accounts, undeniably, Curry is one of the best teammates in the league and one of the best teammates in a long time. And as just always kind of looked out for KD and defended him and all that stuff. And it just was shitty. That's what I heard. I don't know if the Warriors thought they're going to be able to try to like do KD the favor by holding off. Once we heard that was going to be that announcement on the boardroom website was going to be six Eastern. And then I was trying to get in touch. It was initially saying it was like tonight. It was ambiguous when it was going to be. Oh, it was going to right? be tonight. So it started, what, free agency technically started at 6 Eastern. Yeah, there was going to be a couple hours after that, right? It was like 4.45-ish right? ET. All of a sudden, it was like they're announcing this on the boardroom. I feel like Golden State always knew he was leaving this year. Yeah. It was a completely different vibe. And just, eh, you know, and then the injury happens. And then it's like, wait a minute, is this some weird thing that's going to happen? This altering, this NBA history altering moment where the injury that costs us a title actually is going to allow us to keep the window open longer. And then we end up getting two more down the road that we weren't going to get had he left and he was healthy. And then it's like, yeah, now nah, he's still going to leave. Um, but that's bullshit. That's, that's, but I, but again, then it becomes your own brand thing. And then you get all these people around you and these people that want this stuff to be exclusive to the website. And were they thinking they were going to get that done before Woj? Cause as soon as the Warriors knew Woj was going to know, and so once, or maybe climate told, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how all that look, works. Maybe it got away from them and maybe they it was going to come we out. Have to, yeah, we have and to And they this. had to kind of speed rush whatever they're doing. But I, it, it's just a really, the three years those guys all had together was really complicated. But I think what was fascinating to me about Curry and how he perceived everything was, I think he really enjoyed KD and was really genuinely curious about him and cared about him as a teammate and a player. And even like when uh, when we did the podcast with him a year ago, when he did the blog boy stuff, um, and Katie had this great rant on the pod about the uh, the blog boys, and we had fun with it. We made a couple of t-shirts. And Curry like really wanted a t-shirt, and he asked for one, and he wore it. And he got such a kick out of it. I think they actually really got a kick out of KD sometimes, 
but also felt like he was this really complicated, um, kind of sad guy in some degrees, you know, like he was searching for something and now he's searching for it in Brooklyn. I really genuinely like him. I hope he finds happiness with whatever his next thing is. But I, I think this was really strange how this played out. But when we talked about the injuries and everything, like I just think there's an important kind of end sentence on that. I'd still do it if I'm the Nets. I still do it. I would have done it. I mean, anybody would have given him the max. And so I, the next thing is weird. Even with the Kyrie injuries, you do it. And the reason you do the Kyrie thing is because you know you're getting Durant. So I don't know how this first year is going to go with them. I don't know if they're going to win any titles. But with all of this movement, what we've just seen, and if Kawhi ends up with the Lakers, in a way, I want him to go to the Lakers because I want to see what they do with the rest of that, and I want to see if it can be toppled or if it's completely overrated on paper or if it's really cool to watch those three guys play together. And then sometimes I want Kawhi to stay in Toronto because I'm still not sure how the rest of the East plays out with my amazement with what Philly may or may not look like because I still don't know that I have the answer to that. So the Brooklyn-Durant thing, the... It'll always be, I don't know why, but if you're just friends with Kyrie and you want to hang out with your buddy, then I guess I get it. But I just hope he comes back and looks close to what he looks like. Or maybe he'll look like what Durant has always looked like. And the question will just be the durability part of it. Like when he's playing, hey, that looks like Durant again. I well, just, I'm worried. It, I don't want it just to turn into like, oh, he's playing 50 games and now it's 40 games. And he's, he has a lot of miles on him already. He's, played, he's been in the league since 07. It's a really strange three years. It'll be a good documentary for someday for somebody. And I think, you know, it's funny because I was there that night, that Clippers-Warriors game, and it felt like something substantial had happened during the game in the moment, not even knowing how it was just being in the building for it. What, the blown lead game? Where Draymond, no, in the regular season, uh, when uh, Draymond and Durant oh, flipped oh, out oh, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And it was just so out of whack to things you would normally see in an NBA game where these guys are so mad at each other and – they're walking on the court and and Draymond's still talking to him and it really seemed like they were going to get in a fight for a second. And then they're carrying that over through the whole overtime. And then to me that it was probably over then. Cause I don't know what, I don't know what Draymond said specifically in that huddle when they were yelling at each other, but I think he cut too deep. But and I don't think it was ever, I don't think it was healable. After but that. other people would argue that Draymond said what he said to him because he knew he was leaving anyway. So like that oh, was the whole thing. Oh, he definitely did. I like, think the hey, Warriors thought that all year. I yeah. think they thought he was leaving, but he, I think he crossed the line that night and I don't think any chance of maybe Durant coming back. Who knows with the injury too? Like if he doesn't get injured and if he wins the title, let's play this out the other way. He never gets hurt. He was the best player in the league. He rips through the West. They play Toronto. He beats Kawhi in five. And it's like, put the fucking crown on KD. He's the best. Is it easier for him to leave at that point or is it harder? I don't know why we always do that because everybody's different. Like Kawhi, yeah, no, like, I, oh, I'm just trying to put myself in his head. I guess we can't. No, but with Kawhi, it's, oh, well, he won. He can't leave now. Well, I could argue, well, why, so can't, much I, yeah, why can't I leave? Here you go, Toronto. Congrats. I'm out. Well, nobody's ever done it. Let's take one more break. Hey, I want to take a quick break to talk about our new podcast that we have launching on July 9th, Tuesday only. On Luminary, it is called Break Stuff, the story of Woodstock 99. It is a narrative podcast. It is a deep dive with host Stephen Hyden on a music festival that just went exceptionally wrong from day one. And a whole bunch of crazy shit happened. And it was really the end of an era in a lot of different ways. This is a narrative podcast. We spent a lot of time on it. And 
We're very proud of it, actually. It's pretty cool. So you can listen to this every Tuesday starting July 9th. Go to Luminary. Here's the promo code, luminary.link slash ringer. And you can check it out there. It's really good. Very proud of this one. Congrats to Stephen Hyden and the whole Ringer crew who was behind this one. Break Stuff, the story of Woodstock 99. And speaking of podcasts, by the way, the rewatchables, we have Bill Hader, myself, Chris Ryan, breaking down No Country for Old Men. That is going up on July 3rd. And it's awesome. So there you go. Okay, a couple other things. Sixers, it looks like the Ben Simmons extension is in the works. Five years, 168 million. That means for the Sixers team a year from now, they'll be paying over $130 million for six guys. Embiid, Simmons, Harris, Horford, Richardson, and Scott. And then also for the year after too. Do you feel good about Ben Simmons for $168 million? Well, do you I, feel good about Jamal Murray for five years, $170 million? No, but we have to do that thing where we just have to stop thinking about guys. Like, I really wish you guys would do this on the website. You should do, this is what a 2019 contract looks like in 2010 and vice versa. Just the math on the, with the cap going up. Because we still, I don't think, have adjusted enough by going. Just oh mentally. My, yeah, mentally. Like, when you go, that guy's going to make 25, 27 million. Like the Vucevic contract. I remember talking to somebody about that and then, you go, wow, that's a lot of money. I'm like, actually, it isn't. Like, if I'm doing $80 million extensions now on a guy that may be the team's best player, as bad as he was in the playoffs, like, I would I would sign me up. So can I give $80 million to anybody, you know? Especially I made that when- case last year with Love because they gave Love that giant extension. And it was like, well, Love's like the 31st best player in the league. It's a 30-team league. Well, that was a You've stupid one. That was like, hey, no, LeBron you still left. You have to pay somebody something. True, but that felt like, hey, LeBron left. Fuck you. Let's give out $100 million to somebody else. Right. <laughs> and then if you're Kevin Love, you're like, I would love, I would love I'm to have this for, happen. I'm all for paying top 30 guys whatever it takes. I guess my question is, would like Jamal Murray... If I'm paying him 35 million and Jokic 36 million, then I'm basically locked into those two guys as my foundation. But what do you do then? Say, hey, you know what? Jamal Murray's not that guy. And he showed us some things in the playoffs. Like he, I think, improved his perception stock. What's the upside of giving somebody the extension now? I don't understand that part. Well, it worked out well for the Wizards. (laughs) But why not wait a year? What's he going to do? You still have the leverage a year from now. I feel like it's one of those, um, this is how business is done by the people that are in the business and they just they just understand it. Some of the people that have done the extensions early, it doesn't make any sense. Like the Ben Simmons one coming up, why can't you wait on that one? Like, hey, are we going to be able to see if you can shoot at all this year? <laughs> and I infamously made the mistake on saying with the Sixers and Embiid before he had done that contract that had specific injury language in there where I go, you know, as much as I love him, I, I wonder if it'd be worth, you know, trading him and seeing what you could get for an MB oh, because I'd be horrified, How right? How dare you? How did, right? So I got it wrong, screwed it up, unless he doesn't stay healthy the rest of this contract. But I would be really scared about the Simmons money. I really would. And the extension stuff is already coming up today. I would be terrified. And we just talked about the Curry-Durant dynamic in Golden State where it was always Curry's team. And I've said this before, but I, it's the same thing with Embiid and Simmons. Philly belongs to Embiid. He's the most popular guy on the team. The fans love him. He is the process. He's the galvanizing force. It's never going to be Simmons' team. Simmons is always going to be the one they're frustrated by because he can't do this, he can't do that. Why can't he be this? Where was he in that last game? And Embiid is always going to be the one that they just kid gloves it with, that they just love. If I was a Sixer fan, all I would have talked about for the last two months is, is he going to get in shape? Where are the pictures of you and the personal trainer? 
Can I see a picture of your abs? Yeah, fat guys do box jumps on Instagram. Yeah. Like, give us something. Is there, say, D, is there a sand hill you're running up and down? <laughs> Can I get that video? There's one by Anything? me, apparently, you have to reserve. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple been, ones. Yeah. There's one in Culver City. I saw it out by there's Del one Segundo in, when like, I went. Oh, PCH, my God. PCH, there's one way down toward Oxnard. Uh, Tons but, of girls there, Kyle. But yeah, Embiid... Okay, let's do the Sixers thing though, because we we have we have to do deep dive on this thing. Because I actually really liked what they did. I can't wait to see it. If you told me right now they're the favorites in the East, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Anybody adding Horford is the right thing, except that there's there's two short term. Well, excuse me, there's a short term negative and there's long term negative. The bill that's coming due in three years is absurd. Okay, it's, it's probably the most expensive team anyone's ever put together, unless they trade Simmons. I don't know if they were in a playoff game next week, you know, crunch time playoff game. What are they running? What What's the action? And who and who's guarding Kemba Walker? I'm not even as worried about that as it's like, just, ben, it's, it's confusing. Is Ben Simmons watching Horford throw Embiid entry passes? Or is... Oh, I like where you're going here. You know, you know like what's yeah. Simmons doing? Or is it a strong side thing He's where you're actually trying picks. you're trying to get shots for Harris and, and Richardson on on the weak side or Richardson's yep. in the corner. Horford and Harris is in the other corner. Horford and Harris are running high screens, or they're just kind of standing watching Embiid. And Simmons is on the other he's on the defensive end of the court. He hasn't made it across. He's yet. back. No, That's he's not just, fair. He's he's just Bill Russell. So the short term of who's the ball handler, like I don't, I'm not going to tell you I love Jimmy Butler. I mean, he went nuclear in Chicago and I took his side. He went batshit in Minnesota and it was all calculated. And it's like, oh, hey, the jump's here too. Perfect timing. I'm going to also <laughs> When go did you TV. guys get here? Yeah. Oh, well, let me throw on a hoodie and share some thoughts. Yeah. And then he gets out of there. And then you'd heard around the league that some teams were like, no, no way. And then the Houston thing was a joke for a couple of days, which didn't make any sense. We were I good feel, on that, at least. Yeah, I feel like you and I, uh, we were pretty good on that one. Yeah. It, it is crazy. Anybody can just start a story now. You just start anything. Be like, the, the Miami is all in on Giannis in two years. And then that just becomes a story. Yeah, what's more anything. valuable, breaking news now or like, here's a transaction that'll probably never happen, but I heard <laughs> about it, so we got 24 hours to roll with this. Clippers reevaluating all in on Giannis in 21. Their next two years, they're just signing Greek players. There's a whole strategy. Will James Johnson be able to transition to a complimentary piece <laughs> by the time they have Giannis? So, um, Butler, you know, the Houston thing wasn't going to work. Butler gets his way. He gets to Miami, and I still love well, looking at every bad— this step, though. What happened to Butler in Philly? Still haven't heard. It, I've heard. I've heard. Well, this is, this is what, what I, I want to do. Happened. Is that I had heard. It's hard to take Jimmy's side when he's mad at everybody all the time. Yes, but there's too much, and Philly fans get so mad when we do this. And it's it's not. It has nothing to do with Andrew Tony. Okay, it's simply you. It's constant around the league that the feel like people that roll in there feel like the two young guys had no rules from day one it was yes. the process they're allowed to do whatever they want they think that you know i like him beat a hell of a lot better than i like simmons the player people do this stuff where it's like well simmons is about the scene you know he's not he's not working i don't know i mean every broadcast talks about how hard he's working the whole time on this jumper that we still don't get to see 
Simmons. So yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if any of this is fair. I don't want to be re- irresponsible here, but it's a podcast. We're just talking. But if Jimmy Butler shows up and goes, this coach stinks. I want to go play for Spo. Maybe he just wanted to be in Miami. But is Jimmy? Do you want to side with Jimmy when he's looking at the young guys saying, I, I don't know what the hell are these guys are. What like where? Where's the accountability for these two? Well, dudes? we knew we knew he flipped out a couple of times during the season. Yeah, we, we knew know he, this. We knew he didn't love the coach. We knew he was frustrated by the young guys and how devoted they were to whatever. And he clearly, I mean, if he if all he cared about was winning, and he felt like those guys were people he could win the title with, he wouldn't have left. Especially when the report came out before, you were like, wait a minute, maybe they just offered him the four, and so he's like, screw this. And then it came out that he want like they were going to give him the fifth year. Tobias Harris is like, you should go, man. You should just go to Miami. <laughs> be so much happier there, Spo. And then I thought Windhorst on that jump special did a great job on the on the Harris thing because everyone loves Tobias Harris. And then they trade him. Yeah. He's been traded four times. And then he'll be traded a fifth time. And that to me, the the Russell contract exactly. and the Tobias Harris contract are the you're probably not going to be here in nine months, but here's a lot of money contracts. That's why Harris, you had to give him that fifth year. Cause I think if Harris is saying, if you think you're going four on me, you think I'm going to stay here so you can trade me to someplace I don't want to go? I'll just go sign some somewhere close that I want to go to. Or what if he said, I'll do four, but no trade me? No trade clause, first two years. I think Philly's like, ah. Can you, wait, can you do that if you don't qualify for it though? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that no trade breaks. Yeah. Now you got to have like 10 years or something, unless it changed. Or like five years, maybe? I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, you're probably right. So, because nobody goes, has one now, right? So, Butler talks about. All he wants to do is win a title, and then he goes to Miami, and he's playing with, you know, Justice Winslow. But clearly wanted to be the guy in a big city, and now he gets to be the guy. He but this goes back to our Wade. other thing. It's like, do you want to win? Everyone wants to be the guy. No, nah, I want to I I win, but I kind of want to be the guy. Can I win but be the guy? Well, if he wins in Miami, guess what? He will be the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that, though. Because I still love that we've had two LeBron off-seasons where the Cavs were so pissed they lost him, they gave Kevin Love a hundred and something million. And that when Riley lost him, he went fucking crazy and gave yeah. Hassan Whiteside a contract he finally was able to trade. James yeah. Johnson money, the Tyler Johnson money they'd already moved, the Deion Waiters contract, Kelly Olenek, 13 million in the next couple of years. There was a time there where every time I'd look at Miami's cap sheet, I would just go, how did anybody do this? This It reminded me of the Curry Randolph zag when Isaiah's like, everybody's going small, we're going to go bigger. In Miami, it was like, everybody's trying to get superstars. The real inefficiency is the 10 to $13 million guys. For multiple years. We're going to lock them down. And, so, uh, can we lose Tyler Johnson for $20 million a year? No. <laughs> that was nuts. <laughs> that wasn't even one of the five worst contracts of that year. There are some bad ones uh, this week, but nothing of the, of the Evan, Evan Turner, Turner one I'll still never forget. Because it was just, what was it? 37? 47? What? 70? No, that's not wrong. Portland wouldn't do that. Portland's smart. I really liked it at the time. I'd seen enough of him. I that it just I was under the impression incorrectly that the cap was just going to keep going up by $20 million every year and that this was like funny money. <laughs> so even when the Lakers signed Dang, I was like, well, Dang would have been good the year before. You know, and it's like, well, that's good. Yeah, but He's imagine only like doing, 29. 
imagine Mozgov. It was like, hey, is there Mozgov? I knew it was bad. Like, is there a guy out there that is going to become extinct in a very short amount of time? The number of draft, right? That yeah. we can give. Is there one? Someone we can give sixty million to that won't be able to run around on the floor in the version of basketball that we're playing. And who's the quickest guy that will be the worst $60 million investment? You're like, you can't pick Ray Hibbert because he's already extinct. Who's next? Back to Philly for one second. And I, I apologize, apologies if anyone else has mentioned this. I This is my reaction the more I thought about it. It felt very Giannis-centric getting him. Beyond the whole backup for Embiid, he can play power forward, good culture guy. They couldn't beat Milwaukee last year. Giannis, they had no answer for. They just couldn't figure out. He overpowered everybody they had. Horford is the best I've seen at guarding Giannis in the league, other than Kawhi, who they had no chance of getting. And I do wonder if that was a piece of it. If they're if they're looking at it like Kawhi's going to the Lakers, who do we have to get through? We have to be Milwaukee. Nobody else. Brooklyn's not even going to be a contender for a year from now. We'll be fine with that. But we have to get through Giannis. Giannis is going to own this conference. What do we do? And that's what led to Horford. When everybody says, oh, well, you know, if the shot doesn't go in against Kawhi, Philadelphia may have won the title. And it's like, wait a minute. I One of my favorite memories from this past season is seeing Giannis. Destroy like, them. Yeah, because yeah. I remember back when I used to play, yeah. there was this kid I hated. And whenever he was near me, I was just a different, different person. And for whatever reason, like Giannis reminded me of me. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> oh, wow. it's great. I'm, try, I'm trying to do the worst. No, that was softball. good. But he, like Simmons is at least like body type, right? This isn't like you're asking some 6'4 point guard to hang with Giannis. And Giannis was almost in a hurry to disrespect him. So I think the Horford part of this, this is about two years. And when the Celtics, think about the Horford contract when the Celtics signed him three years ago. People were looking at this fourth year coming up at 30 million going, ugh, man, the back of that contract's going to be tough. And the Sixers just gave him the same thing again, basically, in his 36, 37 season, depending on the bonuses, which, you know, if they win a championship, then it's all worth it. So the two-year thing for this, I get it. That bill's going to be nasty. Brett Brown's going to have to figure out a way to do some stuff with this team. And you're not just going to be able to run all these amazing half-court sets. I want to know, ball in his hand, who's going to be that guy? And can Embiid physically do it for a seven-game series? Because there are nights where I think Embiid's the best player in the league sometimes. I want to see him in shape. I don't trust Brett Brown. I like this Sixers team more than last year. I still think they need to find a guard because there's going to be situations when... And that was the thing with Butler. Like, Butler could guard Kemba Walker if he had to for three minutes. I don't know who that player is on this team now. I don't think they're going to miss Redick. Unless it's Zyre Smith, unless it's Thibault, you know, maybe that's now. Maybe Thibault, my guy. Thibault, your guy, because now you don't need, you know, I worry about non-shooters. I certainly worry about a non-shooter next to Simmons, which Zyre, we don't think that's who he's going to be. But I thought when Zyre was coming out of tech, he was the best athlete, arguably the best athlete in the draft, or at least, you know, depending on how deep you want to go. So maybe that's their whole plan. They go, wait a minute, we have the two athletic guys that can guard on the perimeter now. We're Still fine. Speaking of my guys, my guy is coming to Boston. My guy. Canter. Oh, no. Cantor. Do you even want me on anyone who's listened, Anyone who's listened to this podcast has heard me repeatedly tell you how he's my guy. Over the last three months, he was my guy. Made help Portland get to the conference finals. I gotta say, I would have rather had Kavon Looney. I thought that was like the best contract of the entire summer so far. I don't understand how Looney goes three years, fifteen. 
just first of all, I test. I thought he was like a high level defensive player in the playoffs and could switch on people, um, was in the right spots, right time, never did anything he couldn't do. He played with like a really, really horrible injury that nobody plays with. That you just peck thing, like watching him in person in, or whatever. It was like a shoulder clavicle. Oh, he was peck. like dying. What a fucking word. That watching guy is. that guy in person go through that. I, when I came back out, I'm like this guy, he would, he would line up on the free throw line to box out. And I'm going, Oh, that guy's dying right now. He, here's a loony theory for you. Do you think that NBA front offices get so sick of watching fucking games that they didn't notice that Looney got a lot better and it was more pronounced in the playoffs before he got hurt? Because he was actually bad for a while. Yeah. He was always I able agree. to switch a little, but his finishing around the room uh, rim was atrocious. Just awful. But here's the thing, though. The advanced metrics were as favorable for him as any player in the league that it wasn't like a superstar. Like I'm trying to think of the teams five that don't. There are five-man lineups with him when in different combinations, regular season and playoffs. Like, it, stats I don't even like that much, like RPM and shit like that. Hugely favorable. Like, it was just like, when he's on the court, they're better by any calculation. And the eye test backed it up for me. I thought he was like the perfect fifth guy for them. I saw the plus minus stuff floating around today. That's not entirely fair when you talk about the team. I, you know, out. I don't love right. plus minus. So, all right, we're on the Your same page. Your plus minus there. would be pretty good with. But my point is, well, would you just give yourself a ton of credit right there? No, I said your plus minus oh. wouldn't be that good with the with with the four Warriors guys. I felt like it'd be pretty good. Oh, I thought you meant from like a podcast standpoint. No, no, I didn't no. Know your we were going podcast plus minus is great. Thank you. The. uh I don't love plus minus, but my point is I test and advanced metrics merge for me where it's like, oh, so I'm seeing this, but it's also getting backed up by this other stuff. So but let's go back to Canner. Two years, 10 million. It's one year. It's one? Well, he's, he, he'll opt out of the second year. They oh, it's a player? Yeah. Okay. All right. And he still couldn't find a way to not turn it into a thing. I Everything know. is a thing with him. Every single thing. So then he, he gets... Here's... I was told everything that happened, okay? He was the first call Portland made. He yeah. was the first call. So they were actually doing the, hey, let's show him respect. He was a buyout. So what they offered him is all they could have offered him, which ended up being the same thing the Celtics signed him for, by the way. Yeah. And then he posts this, woe is me. Everybody pay attention. I only had six minutes, and then they moved on. Yeah. And whatever. And then it turned out it was way more than six minutes. Damian Lillard was with Neil O'Shea, the GM. Yeah. And then Lillard Post was like, no, nah, maybe six minutes past the original 45 that you gave him. And then I'd heard a story about somebody asking for like a two-way contract for a buddy. And you just go, you have the... Was it DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> People are like, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan wins most popular at next year's NBA award show. They're Vegas. paying him $40 million to be like a member of the entourage. Right. And Jared Did Allen... watch him play basketball last year? He's done. He, he's moved, done. He, I've never seen a guy move less that actually used to be athletic than John Jordan was the, out there. Did he take the year off? Is that possible? He took it off, but I don't know if it was calculated. Or not. <laughs> Four years, 40. I thought the Gerald Wallace contract, remember when they did that with, uh, he's close to Darren Williams. Gotta, yeah. gotta, gotta hit him. It's like, that. never do that. The Glenn brilliant. Davis. Glenn Davis loves Dwight Howard. Let's I like him. Cantor. I would have rather had Looney. I still, the thing for me is I still haven't been able to find out are they getting anything back from this Kemba sign and trade? Because I was hoping they got Bismack Biombo back because he's an expiring. And then you, in February, you can take that with the Memphis pick and get one more real guy and then contend for 
the conference because there's still a guy away. You're not winning with the team you have now, but at least they're going to be fun. I mean, Kemba on Newberry Street signing autographs for the kids. That's what works in Boston. Yeah. Just, the- just, just, just own being in the city, do stuff like that, play your fucking ass off, and people are going to love you intensely. Talk this less is the about recipe. yeah yeah. Talk less about mind control and yeah. you'll be good. Don't do fucking weird Instagram po- posts. Refuse to sign autographs. Be a dick to teammates. Then go on a cross country plane flight and be like, "Guys, I've been a dick. I'm sorry. We're turning around today." And then two weeks later, you're a dick again. Like that <laughs> stuff doesn't work in Boston. Sorry, it probably doesn't work in a lot of cities. Should we do a little on Portland though? On the other side of this, because I think they were in a spot where they're like, "What are we going to do?" Right? They don't have a ton of flexibility. Canter thing doesn't work out. Um, which they gave him more than six minutes. They pivot to Rodney Hood. I think they were pumped to be able to retain him after Hood probably played his best stretch that we've ever seen in high stakes stuff, certainly in the playoffs. Yes. What and, did he get? Eight million? Yeah. No, he did. I thought he we did. We don't the have two. to talk about Portland. Chris Haynes summed it up on Twitter. Neil O'Shea with some incredible moves this offseason. Adding Hassan Whiteside to the mix without giving up a core piece is masterful. Phoenix is Portland is a real championship contending force. Has he seen Hassan Whiteside play in the last three years? No, because he doesn't play a ton lately. Like he was, he was out in Miami, but that's an expiring. Do people think Hassan Whiteside's going to play for Portland? Yeah, no, Portland thinks he's going to play for Portland. Here's the thing: I didn't know that he and Dame Lillard are buddies. Like, apparently, Lillard is that guy that it just is so great to have as like the face of the franchise. When Hassan played there, I guess he would would stay with him. I didn't never knew any of that. So this actually might work out. They, but oh, I wouldn't bet on it. Miami would have traded this guy to anybody in the league who took the contract. I would say he was a top. John Wall's the most available contract. Chris Paul's probably two. Hassan's three. Canner four. <laughs> Canner. <laughs> they lost all their wings. They lost Aminu. They lost Harkless. And Seth Curry, they lost some shooting too. I don't. People are saying Portland's better. I don't see it. I think they went sideways. I think Utah's better, but Utah's now the sexy. Why aren't? Why shouldn't they be sexy? When well, I they think should Salt be. Lake, but I here's the thing: sex. I'm saying this out there to all the media people out there. You're no longer allowed to 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 say dramatically. You know who's really good? Utah. You know who people aren't talking enough about? Utah. Everybody's talking about because we just talked about him for three days. Everybody knows they're good. You're not. You're not breaking revelations here. You know who Scott Van Pelt is, right? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, new pod. We because a lot of people after you did the live Manhattan Beach podcast, it was you, me, Cowherd. Yeah. People were like, you should throw Van Pelt in the mix. Yeah. And then it pivoted into an ego ranking segment. Oh my god! Between you, me, Cowherd, Van Pelt, I could argue anyone for the one seed and anyone for the well. There's a couple guys that aren't four seeds. That's bullshit. I feel like I'm a four seed. You think you're clearly the four seed? You think you have less of an ego than all three of us? Like you just th- you just no, gave I it? I think I have an ego because I thought I didn't have an ego. So I probably maybe I'm the one seed. <laughs> now on social media, because we actually brought it up on Sports Center last night. We actually did. What? We teased the podcast by saying, hey, next time we're gonna ank the rank the four egos. And we said it on Sports Center. So people went I, and this is what I love about Van Pelt's brand. Yeah. Is Everybody had him. Everyone had him fourth. That's incredible. Everybody said, like, without question, Scott's fourth on that list, ego-wise. 
So just engaging in your Twitter replies with random strangers is somebody good was, for your ego? Somebody was ripping, like Scott complimented Woj. Woj was an absolute cyborg on Sunday, okay? <laughs> I can't imagine having to compete with that guy. And he was off in a little room. I know where he was on Bristol's campus. And he was off to the side and he's got the phone and he's got the deal and he doesn't want anybody to bug him. And he's like, Gah! like you know, he's, he's getting stuff done, right? And so Van Pelt took a picture of him and Woj likes... SVP. So, I, you know, I'm sure he was cool. So he posted like, hey, kudos to this guy. Giving him props for the great day. A rando on Twitter goes, big deal. All he does is hit send on tweets. It's not that hard to get the information out there. Oh, no. <laughs> Scott's like, are you kidding? <laughs> and then even conceded a little bit like, yes, but the the contacts, the relationships, whatever. Like the guy who's at the top of his game in a way that's like, I don't know that I've ever seen what Woj just did on Sunday. Yeah. And I wanted to go to Scott, but then I knew I'd get into a fight with him. But I'd be like, definitely argue with this random guy more about whether or not Woj is valuable <laughs> on a Sunday, because that seems like a good five minutes. He's, so. he's like the sheriff of social media. Ego ranking. Um, I think Portland went sideways. I think Utah is the one that clearly jumped. Golden State. Can they linger and get a seven seed? Maybe. Could Clay come back on like March 30th and be a playoff guy for them and they could at least be frisky in the playoffs? Who would you write right off in the West? I only have Memphis and Houston's Phoenix. Houston's running it back. Yeah. I mean, I would write off the Clippers if they don't get anybody. She's kind of. But I'm just saying right now, like, the, the Golden State thing, I felt like the first two months they were going to be really bad. This is just a theory, right? For the first time in six years, nothing is at stake the way it's been before. So how do you get up for it? But the thing is, though, we learned this with the 94 Bulls with the year after Jordan left. that When that infrastructure is that strong, you can kind of survive for a little while in the regular season. I, don't, I, could, I could actually see them being better than we think, not worse, for like three months. And then if they can just kind of hold for it until Clay comes back. Draymond in a contract year will be great. Um, Looney taking a step up. Curry having like the MVP year. Everybody getting excited about that. Russell gives it. There's a path to them for them to win like 45. Yeah, I could also see them saying. Punt? Not punt, but just we're not as locked in. We're not as motivated. And, you know, let's see how the first 20, 30 games go and we'll see what well, happens. I, I or maybe think, Russell goes off, you know, I don't know. I do think Iguodala was incredibly important for them behind the scenes and was there the whole time and was completely unselfish and adult, all that stuff. And when you remove completely unselfish people from a small basketball team, that can go badly. Can we just also clear up, like I know the Breakfast Club had a lot of fun with this, that Iguodala comes on, criticizes the medical thing, and then he gets traded. And it's like, how do you think it works? Do you think Golden State said, hey, do you want to pay D'Angelo Russell 117 million bucks? No. I think it made it sucks. easier for them to trade him, though. I don't think it had anything to do with it. Well, I, th I would go the other way. I would say maybe he says that stuff because he knows. He's okay, that's, that's fine. But what it turned into on social media is that Iguodala criticizes Golden State. They bounce him to Memphis. It's like, or, or. They obtained a 23-year-old all-star in a four-year contract that they see as an asset in a way they'd never be able to add anything like that once the summer was over. Or he knew he was getting traded, and that's why he said that stuff. I'm okay with that part of it, but that's not the way it was playing out on social media, is that it was too much fun to be like he criticized them, and then 
he paid a price. You know, like, the better or, social or, media narrative was Joe Lacob inexplicably saying he was going to uh, retire Durant's number and everybody saying like, parentheses, please don't sue us. <laughs> like, I thought that was funny. Because <laughs> I think that might, that might have been a part of it. Uh, before we go, a couple email questions. Let's take one more quick break. Hey, there are over 2 million burglaries reported every year. Is that possible? One every 13 seconds. What's crazy is that only one in five homes have home security. Maybe because most companies really don't make it that easy. Look, it's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt to do anything. You have to go research it. You don't know where you're going to sign up. Maybe you have to call somebody. I mean, look at Kyle. It took him how many years to get TSA? Oh, geez. I still don't have TSA. Are you still don't see? That's the thing. It's hard. It's hard to just say, suck it up and say, all right, I'm going to do this. That's why Simply Safe is my top choice, hands down. They protect your whole home, every window, room, and door, 24 7 monitoring for just a fraction of the cost to make it easy on you. No contract, hidden fees, or fine print, around the clock monitoring, just $15 a month. Plus, designed to blend right into your home. No wires, no drilling. No wonder it's won a ton of awards from the likes of CNET and the New York Times' wire cutter. Visit simplysafe.com slash BS, get free shipping. And a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now. SimplySafe.com slash BS so they know we sent you. SimplySafe with two eyes. SimplySafe.com slash BS. couple email questions. Joseph wants to know, relative to their best pot potential outcomes, who had the worst year, the 2019 Knicks or 2002 Rosillo? And he also mentions there are odd similarities in Ryan's girlfriend rejecting his proposal, parentheses, KD, Kawhi, every other consequential free agent, and then dating his friend, parentheses, or in case, neighbor, Brooklyn. Damn. Pretty good. Joseph, put some thought into this. Really well done. Okay, the Knicks still have some money to spend. I did not. (laughs) Although, there's more KDs out there for me in my world. Hmm. You know, you could say post-KD, I went LeBron for a little while. And that's not happening for the Knicks. So <laughs> very fair. Split. Ryan Erickson wants to know: Are we missing a key point with KD shunning the Knicks? DeAndre Jordan got traded to the Knicks. Reports of being bought out so he could sign with the playoff team. He said, "No, I want to stay here," which was an odd move. All the while, KD the Knicks buzzes sky high. Conspiracy theory: DeAndre was KD's mole on the Knicks. Stuck around to feel it out. Free agency rolled around. DeAndre gave KD the thumbs down. KD joined the Nets. DeAndre got $40 million for his trouble. What are your thoughts, Conspiracy Bill? I'll bring in Conspiracy Ryan for this one. That's pretty good. I'd feel bad saying that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know more about like the Kyrie part of it, though. Did Kyrie say to KD, hey, I actually want to go to Brooklyn, and, and KD was down with it? Because one of the things that I heard of the pushback on the Kyrie KD thing, you know, and all the different versions that I'd heard of this over the year was that Kyrie didn't want anyone to think that KD was influencing him and blah, 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 and all that, that stupid, yeah, it's whose team is it? That combo should go great. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Celtics knew like four weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, that Kyrie was recruiting free agents for Brooklyn. So my guess is- Was KD- that during, was that game two or game three in the Milwaukee series? <laughs> it might have been at halftime. But- uh my guess is maybe Kyrie and KD together weren't uh, wasn't really that realistic. If Kyrie's out there trying to recruit other free agents, that's yeah. Because so. people seem to think now that they had planned to play together for the whole season. I don't know if I believe that one. Um, Danny from Vermont 
Great place, Vermont. It was just up there last weekend. Yeah, I'm headed there uh, so a little gr- bit. So green and happy. It's pleasurable. Maple syrup. You got a place up there? <laughs> no. <laughs> I went there for a wedding. Uh, Danny from Vermont points out, on last week's podcast, we broke our nine straight podcast mentioning Kevin Herter streak. Kevin Herter. So he was somehow keeping track. Apparently, we had mentioned Herter nine straight times. And then last week, for some reason, we didn't. If I had known, I would have taken a shot. I didn't know that at all. Well, I we were 47 away from DiMaggio. In order to salvage that, he wants to know, realistically, how much money do you think Charlotte would have paid Herder instead of Terry Rogier? If Rogier got 58, is Herder like 80? How do you pay Rogier 58? I I think it's one of the worst signings of any of the things that happened this week. I think of the decade. If I told you what's a better price for Rogier, 5.8 million or 58 million, <laughs> wouldn't you have said 5.8? I mean, that would have been too low. Yeah, right, right. But it's what's more less realistic? low than yeah. the 58 is high, right? Has anybody ever made an absurd amount of money because he kind of got relegated? Like, I feel like if he had play another full year, he would have made less. But since he was in this kind of ridiculous situation, and look, he's not Kyrie's, so he wasn't going to play as much. He's behind Smart. And then whichever one of the bigger young guys was going to play the off guard position. Do you want my dad's scouting report? Because we had a friend who was, we had a friend who roots for a team that was like, hey, what about Rogier? Should we go after him? This is my dad. He's 72. Don't hold it against him. My dad's scouting report on Rogier. Incredibly selfish. Shoot first and pass only if you can't shoot point guard, who will keep shooting threes until he makes one. Princes, 0 for 10 and threes in conference finals, game seven, Cleveland. Kept shooting anyway, and Princes. Plays good defense, good rebounder for a guard. Pouts if he's in playing major minutes and is on my list of least favorite Celtics ever. Please take him. That was my dad, Ontario Roger. So he wouldn't have So good luck, Charlotte. No, he would yeah. not, have, not have been on the bidding for him. Uh, Herder, I don't know. 80, 78? A year. What would you get? No, a year? Can he be the face of a franchise? Can Herder be a one? Definitely a franchise. Next year. Might not be in America. <laughs> Carl Forsman just brings up the point. Everyone, somebody gave me Herder's cell phone number. And I don't oh, know you got to gotta do. be buddies with him. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Like somebody, somebody aggregated a thing I had said about Kyrie. And it was like Ryan Rosillo said Celtics teammates had told him. I'm like, do you honestly think any of these guys in their 20s like Jalen Brown right. is going, hey, like, man, hey, Priscilla, and, and, and likely the non-white guys are like, <laughs> you know who I got to get with? <laughs> so maybe Herder and I would hit it off. But Herder might be like, dude, you're 100. I want to <laughs> hang out with you and Buckhead. Carl Forsman wants to know, why is everybody acting like the Knicks were crazy not to offer KD the max? KD at 32 coming off an Achilles, and then two years later, he's going to be worth $41 million. What if this is Hayward, but way worse? There yeah, I think it's so a good corner for Knicks fans to be like, yeah. hey, man, we've had 20 years of bad luck. We're not signing a guy coming off an Achilles. I disagree with it, but um, it's I just, fair. I feel like whenever you're trying to put together, because so wait a minute, so he's he'll be 31 in September, so he'll be coming back at 32. I just noticed a couple people have thrown around a 33. Like whenever you're trying to make your point on a guy and an injury. Yeah, adding you just, years. Yeah, yeah. Like I love when guys who do what we do just add two years to a guy's age to try to win the argument. 
You're like, you know, the thing about LeBron, he's going to be 44. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 10 years from now. What happened? Will from Charlotte says, lifetime Hornets fan here. There's like 30 of us. The Kemba News is worse than any of the dumpster, dumpster fire seasons this franchise has put together. It's well known that we have an incompetent owner in our front office. But why aren't we taking more shit for not trading Kemba at All-Star Weekend? Or right, at, right after the trade deadline? if they knew they weren't going to offer him the max and he was going to leave, or is this just complete lack of foresight? I would say complete lack of foresight, but it is interesting. They probably should have traded him in February if they knew they weren't going to resign him. So I did a hit on a radio station down there. And then um, a guy followed up with me and they'd asked the question, they go down here, everybody. Now, I don't know. What does that mean? Is everybody just repeating everybody else that, Oh, you should have traded him, should have traded him. Because if there was a deal on the table where they were getting some kind of asset back that they like, whether it's a younger player who's not going to be projected to be an all-star, nobody's going to trade him or two first, you know, one's protected heavily, one's kick it down the road or two first, they're unprotected in the twenties, you know, that kind of thing. And it's not about the five years, two twenty-one because he admitted, I'm not going to get that. He said he would take less. Yeah. He probably wanted the five for 190. And then when it comes for five south of 170, and then you start going, well, wait a minute, then I'll just go somewhere else, four for 141. Um, if there was a person, whether it's Jordan or if it was like the business people or the marketing people that didn't want to be embarrassed of not having Kemba on the team for All-Star Weekend after the All-Star fiasco of a couple years ago, if that was the deciding factor in not trading Kemba, then those people should be fired. So I was thinking about it because this all sounds great. He'd be like, well, what was the trade? Who's the team? Exactly. I have to know that there was a trade for me to be that upset about it. But I'm just saying if there was, it was like, nah, we don't want him not around here on the All-Star weekend. Like that's such a short-term decision for a long-term screw-up. Philadelphia instead of Tobias Harris, if they gave a lot of that stuff for Kemba, could have changed the equation last summer. They gave up too far, sham it. Um, whatever else was in that trade, got Kemba back. Kemba's only making 12 million, so it wouldn't have taken that much with the salaries to even make it work. Maybe Fultz is in there. Um, that's a better trade than Tobias Harris. I also think Kemba for Kyrie would have been interesting. If the Celtics were like, fuck this guy, we gotta get him out of here. Here, take Kyrie and we'll give you the Sacramento pick, the 14th pick. And you just rent Kyrie for two months and he can be- Yeah, because they know player. they're not resigning. Yeah, then we know we know he's not coming back, so fuck it. That would have been interesting too. Um, Sam but then, Hansen, wait a minute. If Just to play it forward though, does that- I don't know if the Celtics would have factored this stuff in. Do you sit there and go, hey, if we trade for him, but then he makes all NBA third team, then now we're on the hook. Then we have to super max him? Right, we're on the hook for next year. I don't even know if a team would- like that would be really smart to think of it. I'm only thinking about it after it happened, but it would is you factor weird, that though, into that the they, trade? Be like, hey, he's going to be more expensive if we actually trade for him. If the Hornets knew they weren't going to pay Kemba in February, they should trade him. Just fact. I don't know where he would have gone, but they should trade him. Sam Hansen, New Zealand, wants to know: Will Kyrie be the first NBA star to get vehemently booed by two franchises he's played for during the first Nets game in Boston? The answer is no. Chris Webber. Vehemently booed in Washington, vehemently booed in Golden State. So, congrats, C-Web. Uh, Jim Corner? Ooh, um, I know that you're really excited about a new product. Do we not Do we not want to talk about this? Is a new video idea that was submitted to Jim Corner that I, I gave the okay on? 
No, we we can't. We, we can't tell. No, anybody. that's a summer okay. surprise. All right, all right. You're no excited problem. for that though. Very. I love. I love when a plan comes together, <laughs> and I really think we got something here. Um, but I don't know. Kyle doesn't be, even know what it is. He's yeah. excited. <laughs> but I love when a plan comes together. I get what you're saying, man. Um, how's how's your uh, left shoulder? Right elbow. Right elbow. Bad. So I had a really bad um, pulled muscle the other day, right in the middle of the workout, and I still went to re-rack my weights. Shout out to DJ Equinox. Great yeah. trainer. Really good guy. Yeah. Seems to like me. And I started pulling the plates off, and he just walked over. It's like, hey, go in the back and see the doctor. Like, stop racking stuff. We appreciate. Like, that's how much I care about being courteous in a gym. Yeah. So I'm your number one guy for that. And I was at massive, massive muscle strain in the back. And I'm, I'm trying to pull these plates. And I wasn't, it wasn't even that heavy. And then I went in the back and the guy was like, all sorts of different vertebrae were out all up and down my spine. And uh, we popped them all back in. And I'm sure by now they've all popped back out. So I'm going to give it a go here very shortly. I'm going to go across the street, mm. see what happens. Yeah, we're wrapping up. I'll admit though, my gym lately has been on fire, Kyle. Just, it's, I'm not a gym guy who like hits on girls. I don't know that I've ever asked a girl out at the gym. I don't yeah. think I ever have. If somebody knows that I, I don't think I have ever. I just don't know what to do. I don't want to be hit on. It's that Seinfeld episode really ruined uh, Jim hitting on. Jimmy? So. Jimmy likes Elaine. <laughs> I ruined it. I would always get bummed out when Elaine would like lower her standards for a different storyline guy she would date on the show. Elaine was all over the place. Cause like I loved Elaine. I was in love with her both uh as a person, but also I thought she was fucking hot. Yeah, totally. Like that was I you would just walk around the in the early mid-90s, be like, I just want to find Elaine tonight. And you never would. You'd no. find Elaine, but it was like Elaine as Blake Lively in the town. But not as cute. I tried to find Blake Lively <laughs> in the town and I never, I never was able, like, I was always kind of like surprised, like, how come I can't just like find some girl from Medford with like an Orion green jersey on that's from Models? That's not even like a good one with like the streak Jennifer Aniston hair where it was like the, the opposite streaks. Like I yeah. expected, you know, my, a couple of my buddies were like, you're doing Celtics post game. Like you would think that'd be a layup because those are always the girls that you kind of wanted to hang out with, but you didn't want to tell anybody. And when you, you find out they don't have a two-year-old kid, you're sick. Yeah. <laughs> I watched at the town uh, parts of it again. <laughs> I can't wait to do the rewatchables, but I feel like it's- So there, we're doing that. It's it, you, me and Chris Ryan. It's been booked. We're, it's running in a- it looks like beginning of August. Is there a problem with me on the rewatchables? Or not was it you were just afraid to, to ask me to do stuff that I might not want no, to do? No, because I kept asking and you kept saying, I want to do fear with Mark Wahlberg. And I, I don't know. I just, you and I breaking down the roller coaster scene just didn't, didn't seem like a great idea. So it's <laughs> presented out, by Voodoo. Yeah, but what if, what if he, what if he says like, Mr. Walker? <laughs> I was just watching a movie where the where the fear scene was in there. Well, it was Euphoria. Is that show any good? What's going on? I'm hearing I a lot of stuff. To, I want you to catch up on it so we can do. Are uh, we two in? We can do Throne Game, but for Euphoria. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to start having to do ecstasy. It's it's an insane show. It's for Kyle's generation. That's what I'm hearing. Um, you know what was good? A lot which, of dicks. That's what I'm hearing. That's, that's that was the stat I was wondering about. 
Yeah. Basically, it sounded like they were like, what's the dick record? <laughs> Let's triple it. Yeah. They were like, it was like Maury with the Rockets. But like, how many threes can you take in a game? <laughs> what if we take 50? So, you know what I really liked? I watched the pilot of the Roger Ailes thing. Yeah, that was it? great. That Look, yeah. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe in this Roger Ailes role is off the charts, first of all. But the way they did it, like, I'm... I'm all the way in. Somebody told me hey, you're going to love it. And I didn't know. And then I watched it and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm totally in. Oh, it's one, 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 one. Oh shit. We got to go. England, USA, one, one. How did I, England score? I can't believe we you did? went this long, not watching the beginning of the game. Well, this really is your thing. conversation. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm going to rewatch with my daughter tonight. So I didn't, didn't nice. a million percent care. Um, Send yeah, out some Rapino tweets to fit in. <laughs> You love social media pandering. It's one of your favorite quarters. Especially with soccer. Because it's like, have I sent out a... Oh, it's been 10 minutes since I've sent out an awesome soccer tweet. Fuck. <laughs> People are going to think I'm not down. <laughs> Ryan Rosillo, uh, you have one more dual threat coming up. This... Uh, today. We're taping it today. We'll be today out later and this that's week. It. Yeah, and then, it's going to be awesome. And then you're coming to the Vegas live show. Yeah, that's Saturday, right. Saturday, which t the tickets that, are long Then we're gone. done, aren't we? Tickets are long gone. Then we're pretty much done. Yeah, there's nothing else to happen. We, I guess we have the town this summer. Yeah, we'll do that this summer. This was uh, this, this summer, was somebody, a really fun, nice little basketball run for us. I really enjoyed it. It was um, great. I knew it would be fun. It went even better. But I have a nice little Ryan time run coming up here now. It was great. It's, you got you to gotta get back to, you know, getting your body in tune, getting healthy. Getting I, ready for the season. Maybe Bali, some sort of muscle thing. <laughs> Exploratory. Is it a surf camp or something? Uh, thanks for the, doing this. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Thanks to Rosillo. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Thanks to Holata, a tasty new fruit, nut, and seed bar from Cliff Bar. Soft baked snack bar. All the goodness you want, like pumpkin seeds, almonds, cashews, dried cherries, or ginger. None of the stuff you don't want. No gluten, soy, dairy, added sugar. Plus, packed with 10 grams of plant-based protein. Visit cliffbar.com slash BS for 35% off a trial pack of Cliff Bar's new whole lot of bars. C-L-I-F-Bar.com slash BS. Thanks to Simply Safe. Remember, most companies don't make it easy to protect your home. Simply Safe is my top choice, hands down. Don't be one of the 2 million burglaries or more reported every year. Simply Safe will protect your whole home, every window, room, and door, 24-7 monitoring for a fraction of the cost. Visit simplysafe.com slash BS and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Simplysafe.com slash BS. Simply Safe with two eyes. Hey, enjoy the rest of the week. If you miss my voice for whatever reason, uh, I don't know why you would, but go listen to our rewatchables feed. It's great. Bill Hader. No Country for Old Men, Chris Ryan, myself. That is going up on July 3rd, and it was a really fun one. So uh, enjoy the holiday. Go, USA women. Take it home for us, and, uh, and we'll see you uh, probably Sunday night or Monday.